Sirius 197, XM202, the virus. The Ron and Fez show starts right now. Oh, what do you think you're doing? I'm getting my stuff. You think that's your stuff? That's not your stuff. You didn't pay for it. That is not your stuff because you didn't pay for it, stupid. None of this is yours. This. You leave here. You leave with what you've got. Nothing. Nothing. You understand me?
to it, Bopper. Buddies. We're on a face show. Is live today on a weekday. So give us a call for some Ichibans. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Anything at all you want to talk about. Could be out of sports. The front page. Could be the weather. Obituaries. Uh, what else is in a paper? It's got to be other stuff. Classified? Oh, yeah, it could be a classified if you're trying to sell an old iPod. This is the place to do it. <laughs> what are you eating? Um, these are some cupcakes. Yeah, left to us by Opie's sister from HF F H Riley's. If they're left to us, uh, why are you eating and I'm not eating? In well, they're good. Other... Come on, there's two fucking rappers next to you already, and you're working on a third. I can't help myself, Ron. These R- are fucking delicious. What is the taste there? It's a very different kind of looking cupcake. It looks like a brownie to me. Oh, it's a cupcake. <laughs> All right, it's a cupcake. That's the only thing that you have to say about it. Very chocolatey. Some sort it's of kind of a brownie cupcake, though. A little combination, maybe. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, well, there's other people. You're not the no, sole but, person. Hey, first come, first serve. That's not true. That's never been true, <laughs> if anything. You ate all of them already? <laughs> well, he's had three. There, there were a, only three. There was an opener today. Well, come on, we had some time. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, before we get into anything, I just talked to Roland, and uh, he's worked it out for us, which is very, very cool. We're going to be talking with Donald Rumsfeld. Donald Rumsfeld uh, on the line with us. Uh, Donald, you're on the Ron Fez Show. I was a king. I can do anything. Uh, I was going to... Uh, uh, wow, that was weird. That was all he had to say. Try to get him back on if you could. Eight six six Ron Zero Fez. Eight six six Ron Zero Fez. It is the Ron Fez show on a, uh, I guess, a weekday. Uh, Tyler in Texas, you're on the Ron Fez show. Good morning, buddy. Hey, how's Fezzy doing? Uh, I'm going to let him tell the story, but I couldn't tell you how crazy this has gotten. Uh, okay. It is insane. It's either. I, I, I won't even begin to get into it because I could probably spend an hour telling you what happened uh, last night alone. Uh, I was over with uh, he and his family till late last night, and the roller coaster ride of of what is happening with his dad is just, uh, it's insane. It's literally insane. Well, thoughts and prayers are going out to him, buddy. Yeah. Uh, uh, hold, hold on. I've got, I uh, Ron, I, hold on. I got Rumsfeld back on the line. Uh, okay. Just, just take a second. I'll keep you on hold while I'm doing it. Uh, sorry, we got caught up. I can do anything. When he hung back up again, I don't know what exactly he's saying that for. Uh, go ahead, Tyler. What were you saying? Well, maybe if you get him back on the line, you can maybe maybe you can get it out of him whether or not he is a man-eating 
lizard. Yeah, it has uh, obviously come up. It's in the news everywhere right now. Is Rumsfeld uh, a lizard itself? And uh, what well, I got him back on the line here. But I'll go to him very, very quickly, and then we'll get back into the Ron and Fez show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Call in with all your Ichi buttons. I was a king. I can do anything. Then he hung up again. So apparently he just says that he's the Lizard King. He can do anything. Uh, and then he's gone. Uh, it was very interesting hearing him on the show today. I made sure I was up and listening to it because I caught him on John Stewart. Uh, last night, and it's one of these really infuriating things about American politics. When someone's in power, you have whatever feelings you have towards them, and then when they're out, you just see that they're just uh, a regular guy, and he's somebody's grandpa, and the whole fucking thing, and you just want to go, I, I want to go back to hating you the way that I did in 2003, and it happens across the board. All you people that hate Obama now, in about, let's say, 2016, you're going to be like, yeah, there's Obama on Dancing with the Stars. He's kind of funny. He seems like a sweet guy. You just kind of lose that thing as it goes on. And I I, I felt like, and I know there's more of it uh, online, but I, I felt like he was just manhandling Jon Stewart, uh, just simply charming his pants off. And I hate when Jon Stewart was doing that, yes, sir, Mr. Rumsfeld, sir. And I'm like, what the fuck are you playing? Why now? Because if it was 2003, you'd be throwing bows at the guy if he would have done your show. But now you're acting like somehow he gets this kind of respect that your other guests don't do. It's a very, very strange thing Shit that like happens uh, in American politics. It's, uh, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. And then it makes you wonder if you could have even trusted your own emotions back then. Because, like, if I see Bush uh, sitting there, like, slouched over watching a baseball game with his wife, I don't have that kind of look. He's the evil. He's a, you know, that's how I used to feel about, like, Rumsfeld. And then I saw him on TV last night, and I'm like, um, he's just this older guy trying to sell a book, you know, going fucking town to town again. Uh, hey, maybe he tried the best he could. You fucking take it out of your mind the way you fa felt about him when you watched the Pat Tillman documentary and knew that the guy was part of a cover-up and didn't give a fuck about it. Didn't give a shit about it at all. Um, but that's what you're dealing with. This is what happens with our own emotions. I don't know if we can even be trusted to vote anymore. It's so off the fucking uh, pike. It's so off the walls now. Uh, Jim, you're on Run Fez. Hey, how's it going, buddy? Good. Hey, how's, how's that new studio hooking? Uh, the walls are as black as Spinal Tap's fucking rehearsal studio. I don't understand the decor to this. And I, I, there's a... When you're just blackening the walls, I think depression is going to set in. And we'll have to pay attention now over the next couple months. But it's the <laughs> oddest thing, and I can't imagine. I, I'm in the corner here. Yeah. I feel like I've been sucked into a, some sort of vortex. It's well, fucking weird. You're wearing a black hat, <laughs> and you're wearing a black shirt, and it just looks like your head is floating around <laughs> like a ghost. But it really does seem like there should be a statue of the devil or something. 
Get some, uh, it's very old death metal look about it. Animal skulls. Um, eight six six Ron zero Fez. Eight six six Ron zero Fez. Uh, Stuart, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Stuart. Oh hey, uh, yeah, I have, I have a lot of confidence in John Stewart. I think it's just part of his end game to get George W. Bush to sit on his uh, on his show. What what would the difference be? He would just be calling him Mr. President, and they'd be trying to find ways. And it's just, you know, it's just all done now. I mean, yeah. if John Stewart, uh, and I should watch the whole thing uh, on online, where I guess the, the, the biggest part of this went. Uh, but it was just nothing. It was just nothing. And it's not so much that he didn't get anything new about him. But Rumsfeld definitely came off seeming like a charming guy, seeming like a guy who's trying to do the right thing. And I think Stewart picked up on it and didn't look like he was teeing off on this charming older fellow who, you know, was a servant through so many administrations. And we just drop all this shit that we act like we care about. And I brought this up before. When you, when you look at some of this stuff, when you see the way the Bush family gets along with the Clinton family, they have a lot more in common with each other than they do with us. And yesterday, uh, Hicks, you were mad because your favorite band, Fish, uh, was going to do some dates opening for the Dave Matthews band. Yeah. And you love Fish and you hate the Dave Matthews mm -hmm. band. Yeah. But when those guys get together, they're all musicians, they're all writers, yeah. they're fucking players, they've toured the world, they have more in common with each other than they do with any of their fans. <laughs> then you have all this passion for them, mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean shit to them because you really don't know what it feels like to be in a band and, you know, being out on the road and whatever happens to family. And in front of 90,000 people. You know, when, when you don't get paid and when it comes in great, when it doesn't. They don't have shit in common with you going, you guys were so awesome. <laughs> Uh, Tara in Austin, you're on Hello? Yes, what do you got? Oh, hey, I just wanted to tell you that um, Bill Cosby said it best. Don't be fooled by Donald Rumsfeld. He's just an old man trying to get into heaven now. Let me tell you something. The fact that he was able to roll with Louie today showed you the kind of skills that he has. Um... He did not get shaken by the weirdness that was on the ONA show today. And I wanted him to yell, fuck you. I'll fucking have you all killed. I wanted him to slam the phone down and make a complete ass out of himself. And he rolled with it. He is highly skilled in strange situations. And it, it, it kind of started to dawn on me as I was listening that you're never going to get that fucking feeling that you want out of these people. And the same thing for the people that hate Obama and think that he's a socialist and thinks that he's out to spread communism and he wasn't birthed. You're never going to get that kind of guy. Just like you could never get Bill Clinton. 
he was able to roll back and forth with as much shit that you could throw at him. And you could throw fucking rotten fucking eggs at the guy, and he's going to brush him off and never break his gimmick. He's going to stay within his gimmick. I thought it was oddly... You know, a lot of I I, th- I know a lot of people thought that the ONA show was, uh, you know, just hysterical what they're doing. I was focusing on him, and I thought it was fascinating. I'm go. I cannot believe that not only is he rolling with this, that it's coming off like he's got a decent sense of humor about himself, and he's you know, he never lost footing <laughs> while this shit was being said to him. Um. Here is uh, David. You're on Run Fest. Hey, Ronnie B. Hey, sorry to change the subject here, but we were curious. Uh, we've been saying a lot of Catholic prayers out here. We're kind of curious about uh, Fez's old man. Um, I, I'll just give you the short end of the story, and that's uh, this. And then I say I got Frenchie on the line. I definitely want to talk to her today. Um, When I left here last night, it was to sit with Fez's family as his dad died. That was the call that I got during the show yesterday. Uh, we ended here at 3 o'clock. I was out of here by 3.01, went across town. The family had decided that this, you know, he was inoperable, um, and they were going to, you know, disconnect this and that and let that play out. And his dad would, had been given, you know, the heavy doses of morphine to make it all painless and all the things that you need to do. And at some point, as on my way across town, as they were sitting there, his dad opened his eyes. And when they started talking to him and they explained what the operation was, he's given the thumbs up that he wants to do it. So uh, I'll give you a little history lesson here for Fez is that we had talked many times, we've had the moral conundrums on the show, could you assist a, lo- uh, a loved one? Could you be the one who said, you know, no, I don't want him to live on a machine, no, I don't want to do this, and Fez had always said on the show, no. And myself uh, and a, a bunch of callers said to Fez, oh, you're being selfish, and it's exactly what he did. And when he got there and I heard that story, I started laughing, I go, well, you fucked up. You, you know what I mean? That's the exact opposite of what your dad always wanted. I mean, it, it's, it, it's just hysterical. And there was no possible way he was supposed to do this. And then I was, I, I was there with the doctors, and they came in and said to the family, here's what the operation is. He could die when we put him on the gurney. He could die when we put him in the elevator ride. Yeah. Everything, you know, his body can't fight off this and that. Um the second we cut him open, he could die. Going through this, he could die. And uh, he didn't. And I had actually called and said to uh, Hicks and Rob Cross, I don't know how long this is going to take. If I'm here with the with the family all night, I'm not going to be able to do the show tomorrow. Just have a best of, just in case. I don't know, you know. All... Came out of it. Now, if I told you the horrific things that's happened between them and today, uh, and horrific. And I really don't feel uh, right explaining everything that took place in the operation and then the aftermath today. That'll be Fez's decision.
if you guys had the chance to sit around and listen to Fez's dad talk, and he wouldn't come in here and be that guy on a microphone. I mean, he's not really a performer, but he does in his own world, but he's never been, like, in the business or anything. But he is a, a incredibly funny guy. Uh, real dark humor. Uh, God forbid there's a fat girl on TV. That's where Fez gets that shit from, you know? I mean, he just comes out barreling somebody, you know, some fat girl who happens to be on American Idol or in a parade or wherever they happen to see her. Um, but at the same time, and it's very, very unusual for really funny people, really fast people to have a, uh, an easy sense of humor to laugh at other people's jokes. And I mean, he's one of those guys that you could just, um, get addicted to making him laugh. Uh, so he and Fezzi are really two peas in a pod. Uh, to see him going through this, it's just the strangest, strangest thing, um, and Fez's family is already in that there's a like a, a hospital way of talking and being, you know. And, and I just came in from the outside, you know, and they're like, yeah, um, we're trying to make sure my brother gets some sleep. And he, he really needs that now. And everybody's all talking, you know, we're going to get my mom a turkey sandwich and an orange age. He, he, she really needs some food. And I'm like, what the fuck are you telling me that for? What do I care what she eats, you know? But you, when, you're, when you come in from the outside, no. you're not used to it. Everybody does these things just to make it through the day. And, like, the weirdest thing in the world is, like, the hospital is, like, the longest time can ever last. It lasts forever. You know, you're, you're sitting there for three hours and five minutes has passed as you're trying to watch Jeopardy with the sound down. Um, so they're in this mode, and they've been there for, for you know, I guess we're coming up on a week in a couple of days. Um, and then, you know, his mom and his brother, they're from Florida, so they don't have all their stuff here, and they're trying to work all that out, and they're sleeping in chairs, and it's just, a, you know, it's just incredibly tough on the entire family. And what is going back and forth with his his dad is like one minute minute you're like okay um we're going to you know he's going he's not going to make it um here's how we'll we'll get him home and here's the arrangements that need to be made we've called the church and then the next minute holy shit he's rallying you know so oh let's try to figure out then what are we going to do about this and then he slumps back down again, and it goes back into that. And they're just doing that on a on a constant basis. Um, I really don't know how it's going to play out. What's really interesting is to see Fez fairly calm through this. I mean, when you walk him away from his family, he'll he'll break down and stuff. But he is much more level headed there. Than if we say, uh, all right, the elevator's here and we're going to get on it. You know what I mean? Like, he'll struggle with that kind of thing. Or if you say, Fez, you know, go to the store and pick this thing up. You know, you might end up getting a few phone calls about it and two emails and not sure, you know. But this, he's like, yeah, all right, that's what we're going to do. And it's, like, really weird how that kind of, I don't know, but like, people don't realize uh, how strong they can be when they don't have any other choice but to be strong. Um, he's doing incredibly well through all this. Now, uh, I don't know if that means he's going to do incredibly well after. We all know Fez enough to know that, you know, 
after the fact, uh, none of, no matter which way any of this goes, it's going to be incredibly stressful on him and, and on his family. Um, and it's something that we're all one beat away from. I mean, you try to put this out of your mind, um, but we're all right there all the time. Everything can change in a New York minute. Uh, and speaking of which, here's our our friend Frenchie, who, who we haven't heard from in a long time. Her home burnt down, and uh, they lost everything. Frenchie, how are you? Hi, guys. Um, I'm okay. Good. I'm hanging in there. Sorry that Fezzi isn't there, but um, and to hear about his father because I haven't been able to listen. So uh, I guess my thoughts and prayers go out to his father and to his whole family. Um, Only Catholic prayers. Uh, Comprised <laughs> of of every denomination. Yeah. Oh, I I miss you guys so much. So how are you doing with everything? You know, not very well to be honest with you. Sorry, just to like bring down the show, but I'm not handling things very well. What's up, honey? Um, just uh, you know, really, the first couple weeks I was just in. I did what I had to do and went through the motions. And since then, it's it's been almost six weeks, and we're just finally on Saturday getting into our transitional house that we'll be in for six months to two years while they rebuild. Where have you been all this time? Um, I've been staying in my dad's very tiny one-bedroom apartment with my daughter because it's close to her school. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of my family has been in a motel. Uh, um, what What started the fire? How did that even happen? Well, I live in a duplex, so um, on the other side, it was some. They haven't closed the report yet, but um, I was told by one of the firefighters um, that it looks like it was uh, the gas line and the hot water heater, something to do with that. And the reason the whole house ended up being burnt to the ground is because the shutoff valve for the gas was buried six feet under the ground, which is illegal. Um, the other side is a rental, they rent out, we own our side, so it's, they, it, it, they said that it's a common practice of a renter to put the gas shutoff valve to bury it, so that they have control over the gas when they're, they're the renter, so it, it's, they haven't closed the investigation yet, but, um, yeah, the whole house burnt down, with the cop, the it happened around 2.30 a.m. in the morning. It was very scary. I woke up everybody in my house, and um, there were five children on, in, the other, in the other side also, and they all got out, and um, it, was, it was very scary, and they were putting the fire out until almost noon the next day. Like, from from 2.30 till noon, they were putting the fire out still because the gas, they couldn't shut it off. So the gas just kept coming out. Mm. Um, so we lost absolutely everything. That's just horrible, but at least you got out with your baby, right? Uh, we got out with the baby, and um, we got out with, we we didn't get out with the cats, um, but <laughs> I know that it seems silly, but these are, like, really family pets. And we had four cats and two dogs. The dogs came out with us. Um, we got three out of the four cats. So, um, cats just at, don't at, run at, out on their own, do they? Like a dog will run out on their own, but a cat, it doesn't dawn on them. Well, we'll see. I think 
three of the cats we got two of the cats we got two days after the fire they were came back you know they were hiding in the rubble one of the cats we got about a week after the fire um came back to the you know we saw him and you know got the third cat so the fourth cat you know by now we either he got stuck in the fire or is lost in the woods you know somewhere and you know, we'll never find them by now, by six, you know, almost six weeks later. Still would work in a Disney figure. movie. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I did want to call in. I'm sorry I haven't called in earlier. I've been in um, really a downward major uh, depressive. Well, this is the time to be depressed when something like this happens, I guess. Yeah. Huh? Um, and I wanted to call in earlier, but I, I want to say thank you to everybody that donated money um it went towards the security deposit for our um the house that we're renting um that's the only thing we have to pay for um up front was the security deposit the homeowners takes care of the rent but we were responsible for the security deposit and the um the donations was almost exactly what we needed for the security deposit so i just want to say thank you to everybody that donated well that's really sweet let yeah, how do people do that? Because I know that there was a, a a mistake or there was something with that at one point. So if yeah, anybody at one, see... at one point PayPal was see Scotty D. He the the guy that um he runs the the Ron and says big ass room on Pal Talk. Uh, mm-hmm. His his screen name Scotty D. He had set up a PayPal account and they thought it was a charity, which you need like a ID number and all that and. He he got it all sorted out. They said no. We're just um, you know helping out a friend. All right, we'll put that up again on two hundred two friends if anybody yeah, wants to help. I don't know the email. I don't know how. Right. I don't know the email that he set it up with because he's handling it. And then he's um, you know get, he sent me it in, in money order. So um, uh, hold, hold on for one second, French. Mm-hmm. Why I'm talking to Frenchie about her life being over? Stop eating cupcakes. It's almost, almost done. I know it's almost done, but get some milk or something. Good <laughs> you need milk I know if it's you're delicious. Cupcakes. Um, so, French, we'll put that up again for any of the people who aren't invested in, in a movie about Rorschach that would <laughs> like to be involved without helping really, Frenchie and her family. I would really appreciate that because um, now that we're, we are we do have the place, we're moving in on Saturday. Yeah. Um, although we'll be reimbursed with a settlement, um, it will take a long time and we have to, you know, we have rental furniture that came in, but we have to buy things like dishes and just stuff that you don't even think of. We have to restock our cabinets, you know, stuff that you don't even think of that you've always just had in your house. Sure. We have none of it, you know, some, you know, something as simple as like salt and pepper shakers. You know, you don't even have salt or something like that in your house. So we're going to have, you know, we're, I mean, I'm poor. Our family is a poor family. We don't have a lot of money. So it's not like we had money saved up where we could just throw it around. We needed that donation money from uh, the the friend, the fans of Ron and Fez. We needed that or we wouldn't have been able to get this apartment or this house that we rented. Um so I mean, it's really it's going to a good use, and and I just want to thank for what for what I have for ha- what has been donated. Thank you so much to everybody. Well, French, to 
call us anytime. We'll put that back up on 202 Friends. And Thank you very much. Make sure for, the for message boards me. get the word out again. Frenchie has been very, very good, to, not just to Ron and Fez, but ONA over the years and uh, has been a big part of the community. And it's, uh, well, it's a rough thing so to much. happen. Yeah, it is. And I it's my 10th tenth, tenth year anniversary listening to you guys, being your fan. That's crazy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but um, I miss I miss everybody so much. All right, Hicks, and, do you uh, have the info to put up on 202 Friends again? I'll grab it, yeah. Yeah. Thank if you're not you busy eating. Uh, these cupcakes are really good. Uh, I know they're when, good. When you're, done, when, you're done, when you're done eating, Hicks. But here's the thing, Hicks. Yes. If we have a guest in here, you don't start eating cupcakes in front of them. Don't do it in front of Frenchie. Oh, it's Aww. on the phone. That's just Frenchie. It's just me. It's no big deal. All right, sweetie. <laughs> I love you guys so much. I love you, too. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Mm. All right, this is... Uh, man, it just feels like everything is hard times. Hard times. Yeah. Uh, we got that email about them trying to do a show, too, uh, for the uh, bass player of that band. Hicks. Uh, yes. Uh, Vagabond Souls. Yes. Vagabond Souls. They believe at the bitter end. When's that going to happen? You need to be in charge of all these because uh, I'll never remember. There's just hard times wherever you look around. It's scary. It's scary. Maybe the Mayans are completely right about this 2012. Shit. Well, they, let's face it. The Mayans were correct about everything else. <laughs> well, human sacrifices, too, I guess. They did that? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they ate like people's hearts, praying to their gods or whatever. We can never respect somebody's gods that like came before us. We're like, well, that's stupid. Thunder God, that's insane. Jesus so is the best. Yeah, like Jesus makes total sense, but a God that's just in charge of the wind? Huh? You people are idiots. Jesus is all-encompassing. Here's what also grosses me out about the way you eat. What's eggs. that? What's, what's so gross about you it? You don't take the wrapper off of the cupcake, mm, you no. just open the wrapper and then sit there and eat and bite into the wrapper and it's disgusting. Disgusting? It's, that's the way I mean this cupcake, that's all. No, I know, but that's still uh, disgusting. Did you eat them all? Don't worry about what I'm eating over here. Zito. Oh, Jesus. Zito, you ain't been around long enough to start worrying about when your cupcake comes to I you. I know, it's just yeah, they, really. look, they look so good. I would fucking right now give one to uh, Earl. For everything that he's done for the show, I would fucking wrap one up and mail it to Earl before I found out that you ate. It gets stale. Because you haven't gotten around to that point, and, and not for nothing, I really do kind of blame you for all Fez's bad luck, because that's when it started. What? Uh, no. Up until before he met Zito, he was the happiest guy in the world. Mm -hmm. All right, we'll get back into this 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. It is time for the Ichibans, um, and we got off into a couple of different tangents so you couldn't uh, really uh, bring it up. But I know you had something rough. Uh, one of your favorite TV hosts or show characters is Dad Hicks. Yeah, Justin Tennyson off of The Deadliest Catch. He was a deckhand on The Time Bandit, my favorite ship on the show. All right, the now Deadliest explain catch. the show for the people that don't watch it. The Deadliest Catch, this is where they go out for crabs. Yeah, this is uh, crab fishing on the Bering Sea off and of Alaska. You would never think that crabbing should be dangerous. But it's like the most dangerous job in the world. Yeah, pretty much. The mortality rate or just the rate of someone getting injured is like 80% or something. And these guys are all working, you know, 72-hour shifts out of their fucking minds just crabbing for fish. And the show documents it. 
and it's it's fantastic. It's my favorite, probably my favorite reality show. So I watch every season. You watch this show, and I've seen it a couple times. I don't yeah. know, but we had some of the Swedes on the, the show. Hansen brothers, the Hansen brothers. Oh yeah, they were the hockey players <laughs> from Slapshot. They came in. So is it their boat? Oh uh, no, it's not their boat. There's another pair of brothers called the uh, Hillbrands, Hildebrands, and they uh, they're on the Time Bandit. And this guy was a deckhand, and he was found dead uh, in a, his hotel room in Alaska or whatever. From basically, they're saying they have, there's no. Uh, Official toxicology report or whatever, but he was probably uh-huh. on pills. They're all on pills. Actually, last season, uh, one of the captains died, and his son was just pounding pills. Like right before he had a he had like a heart attack or a stroke. Uh-huh. And as right before he had the stroke, his kid was stealing like oxycons off of him or whatever in the ship, and then there was a big blow up between but, them. I mean, I could see that maybe when they get inshore that they start to party hard, but when they're out there, it's like being in rough seas. And then staying there for yeah. like 18, 19 days. <laughs> I mean, like 18, 19 days straight of just being thrashed, thrashed around in the ocean. And if you've ever been out on a boat and the, you know, the seas come up, 15 minutes is more than you can fucking handle. You're like, I don't, <laughs> I have to get off this boat. I don't give a fuck. Send a helicopter. I'll dive into the water and start swimming. So to stay in that the way they do. I can't even believe that they pull that up. So I can't believe that they're partying out there while they're crabbing. Some of them party, yeah. Um, and then, and yeah, and when this shit's going down, there's like thirty foot waves hitting them constantly, and they're and the fucking ice is building up on the on the ship. So they're with sledgehammers knocking ice off the entire fucking time, all night long, just so they, their equipment works. Yeah, because they could die every second. Too. Yeah, and if you hit the water, you're fucking dead. So now I disagree. I don't think that they're taking pills out there. I it's swear impossible. The kid was stealing fucking downers from his dad because the dad had a hernia or whatever, and the kid was stealing them. And then when he, they get to shore, when they're dealing with the hospital or whatever, he's all fucked up in a hotel room getting hammered, and the fucking sh- the cameras are there. Now, the funny thing is, that's a reality show uh, that they don't cry on, and then American Idol, they're saying, I can't take the pressure. The strain is too much. <laughs> And they start crying because they keep having to learn new songs by, again, the Beatles, who none of them know. Oh, what? come on. I never heard the Beatles before. I'm only huh? 19. Some of those kids are babies now. That's They're like 15 true. this year. What? They're letting 15-year-olds on that show? I don't know how to keep you up with the news. It's front page everywhere. Come on. I never watched American Idol. I stick with Crab Fisherman. You would like it. Steven Tyler's on there. He's the <laughs> nicest old lady you've ever seen in your life. I like him to start dating Donald Rumsfeld. Is he still harassing uh, women in wheelchairs? They fucking, the guy who, you know, they broke America's heart mm-hmm. saying, you know, your girlfriend's in a wheelchair and you sing to her every day and you kiss her and all. Yeah. They fucking voted him off. <gasps> oh. And he didn't see it fucking coming. He was just like, um, oh, yeah, that was the greatest day of her life. And I could feel her getting stronger every day. And they're like, yeah, that's why it's hard to tell you. You're no good <laughs> as a singer and you stink. What? If that story doesn't give you more fucking traction, then there's no sob story. Why even come in with a fucking sob story? I, you know, I will tell you this because I've seen it happen on the shows before. The sob story people are the people they get rid of pretty damn quick. Like they keep them for the first couple weeks mm-hmm. and then the end of the year, I don't know whoever wins these things. Yeah. Uh, I'll just say uh, like Carrie Underwood, right? Okay. You really didn't even become aware of her until there was like, like, she was in, like, the final eight. And then you're like, oh, who's that blonde girl? She's kind of cute. But they pay attention to all these other weird people <laughs> before. 
And then they're like, and then the singers will just take care of themselves. Aww. So who's ever going to fucking win this series, you probably, they probably not even on your radar yet. Yeah, I guess they're just an unknown middle of the pack person. Well, they kind of keep them away. They probably go like, hey, this person's going to get around to the end of the year. So let's not point the camera at them. Let's focus on these other people that are kind of weird and interesting, but we know they're shitty and they're going to burn out. <laughs> it, they're very, very smart about all that stuff. Uh, Bill, Jersey, you're on Hey, Hicks. Yes? Yeah, buddy, come on, pick it up, brother. Fucking Ronnie's there on, the, Ronnie's there on his own today. That's true. You need to decide Dave bail you out yesterday, but... Hey, I Jesus know, I'm doing Christ a shit job. What the fuck, Bill? What, what is come wrong on, with you today? Why aren't you on top of things? Why oh, are you I'm eating cupcakes and why are you not caring? Why don't you know everything there is to know about every topic? <laughs> That's where I need you to be today. Help us to be out. I'll try to start doing some more research. And Less I will cupcakes. say it to the phone callers, too. I need completely interesting, great phone calls. Not shitty. I want phone calls that make me ponder things today. I want to see. Okay. Uh, look, reach inside of yourselves, ladies and gentlemen. No dull phone calls. Great phone calls. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. I want you to say to yourself, wait a minute. I've got a, something to bring up to Ron to make him say, Hmm, I never even thought of that before. Because look at Hicks. Yes. He's just, and I, I see Zito just like nipping around and trying to get his little voice on, but he's got <laughs> nothing to bring. And even fucking wrote me a thing last night like, I don't know what I'm doing yet. I'm oh. not, you know, I'm like, well, you wait and I'll call on you. He ain't waiting for that. He's like, oh, okay, you're eating cupcake. You know, he's trying to like to do a zoo show where everybody jumps into the same fucking square. No, no. I'm picking up on this. Bill, I appreciate you pointing it out, but I'm going to say yeah. to the rest of the callers, everybody needs to be on board here. I was at a hospital all last night, and I could make it in here for you guys. You guys can pick up the phone and interest me today. 866-RUN-ZERO-FEZ. Yeah. I got an Ichiban, too. Don Rumsfeld is the Lizard King. And also, I have an employee of the an employee of, employees of the day, Opie and Anthony, go to 1014. Wow. There it is. There you go. See that? Thanks, Ronnie B. Um, and Rumsfeld is on uh, the air today. Uh, we've got him back on here. I am a king. I can do anything. Now, I will also say this about Donald Rumsfeld, and I'll say it straight to Roland, who I thought ducked out of here yesterday when he was exactly going to take an ass beating. I mean, Dave drove 80 miles to meet him. No time. And he was gone. And, by the way, Dave got off that elevator, and Rob Cross was waiting there going, you're not fighting in this building. I, and when he goes, to, uh, first Rob said it to me, I'm like, hey, he's not on my show, dude. He's yours now. You're, the, you're in charge of his show. Um, but I'm not, you know, normally I'll give Roland whatever he's got coming to him for booking cool guests. Yeah. Rumsfeld, exciting call. On the phone? No. Come on. You got to get them in-house. They got to be sitting across from it. They got to be sitting. Uh, you know, Opie says something. They need to look over and go, wait a minute, Opie. You know, you need them in the room. That thing on the... Would that have taken place if Donald Rumsfeld... Would Louis C.K. have had the balls to do the same thing? <laughs> that would have been really exciting. Now, we'll never know nope. because a fucking old-fashioned phoner is enough for Roland. And I will say this. 
Yeah, that shit flies in terrestrial radio if you're doing a show out of Iowa. This is Sirius XM. It's the SXM. That's right. They belong in here. Charo ran in our fucking studio, started grinding on little Sam. This is where it has to take place, inside the four walls. Um, And I don't know if I've even said this to people uh, because we got so caught up in our own shit. We did uh, cancel our game shows for tomorrow. We had two great game shows, the Seinfeld sign-off. Yep. Uh, Travis, I apologize. We're going to try to push this back a couple weeks and search, search, hurry up and search. To everybody that wrote to me and said, I can't wait to play. This is what I want to win. I apologize. But we are in a a touch-and-go situation at all times here. So uh, we don't know when we're getting uh, Fez back. And when we do, uh, then we'll let you know and we'll try to line these up again and Try to get Fez's eyebrows uh, shaved. Um, and by, by the way, it was it was an Uncle Leo tribute. And I feel bad that it's no longer going to be an Uncle Leo tribute. You know? Yeah. Because now, you know, three weeks out, who cares? At the time Uncle Leo died, yeah. we were all heartbroken. We didn't want to we, we didn't want to know anything about it. Um, Dave, Dave, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Dave, I need you to say something that makes me go, hmm, I never thought of that. Yeah, I was wondering, have you ever noticed that in film or in painting pictures that you'll never see the three musketeers? You always see them carrying swords and never muskets. Um, they've never used a musket in their life? No, I've ever seen in, in film or anything. It's always just swashbuckling. It's, and I'm also going to say this hmm, right away. Dave, congratulations. But... uh. Let's take it back to Batman. He's got all these gadgets and stuff, and one of them's not a machine gun? Yeah, what the fuck? You, you would think crime? him, like, this butler, whoever makes the fucking things for him, would go, all right, Batman, I got you a bat Uzi. And Batman's <laughs> going, well, dude, that's just an Uzi, and you've stenciled a bat thing. Oh, no, 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 no. It's different. Why? Well, the bullets have bats on them, too. Oh. Bat Uzi. But what are you doing with a fucking boomerang or whatever the hell you're using? <laughs> When we already have weapons. Nobody can come up with a bat bazooka. He's got, like, smoke bombs, too. Yeah, the smoke bombs he does have, but not a pistol. No. Not, not a fucking sniper rifle to maybe pick off the Joker from six blocks away. If you killed him, you wouldn't have to keep on putting him in prison. Because the guy's just not going to get better. I don't know. I believe that there's something in the Joker somewhere deep inside. Things happen to him. When he was a kid, his dad uh, said to him, why so serious? And then cut his mouth oh. on either side. Something to do with it, like his wife or something. But that will teach the kids, don't be so serious around your dad. Or you will get a fucking joker smile, bitch. Yeah. Um, still excited about Shane Black doing the next fucking Iron Man 3. And I'm never, cool. I'm never into the Iron Mans. I'm never into the cartoon movies. But... Out of all the action guys, Shane Black's the only one who can make me laugh. <laughs> and I don't know if that's anything that you're even able to, you know, brag about. Uh, Jennifer in Detroit, you're on Ron Fez. Uh, yeah, Ron, I got an itchy bum for you. I need an itchy bum from you. <laughs> what do you got, darling? Okay, Kevin Smith, who has been teasing on his Twitter that he is going to be coming out with the Smodcast Internet Radio Network doing live... Uh, radio, basically, over the internet, uh, starting in May. 
Well, Kevin in the Unmasked said how, how uh, the radio thing he likes better than anything else out there, and I tried to talk him out of it. I mean, <laughs> I know, Ron. <laughs> when, it, when it comes to directing movies and being on the radio, it's not even close for me. But obviously, he can do you know radio. But the podcast stuff, or in this case, Smodcast, is much more interesting now than it was. Two years ago. Oh, yeah, it's strange. It's blown up a little bit. It's a lot. Be, yeah, it's become that thing uh, where it's finally starting to have some foothold. And I would think that, and, and by the way, here at SiriusXM, they, they don't call me in for any, like, the big, like, where are we going to be in five years from now or ten years from now? But I would be looking at what are we going to do about podcasts a lot quicker than I would be looking at what are we going to do about uh, terrestrial radio. Um, and the reason behind that is I don't see anything coming out interesting in terrestrial radio. But I think Mark Marin does a fucking cool podcast. There's a, actually a bunch of comics that are doing that kind of Mark Marin show now where it's just them and their friends. Um, and what they've done is cut Mark Marin out of the mix somehow. And they're just doing it with each other. <laughs> And, you know, these are being collected and traded and all that. And it'll keep those guys from having to get up early in the morning every time that they go to Akron, you know, and have to go do the morning show there or whatever the club wants them to do. But um, the podcast stuff is definitely bigger than it used to be. Uh, Mark, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, how are you? I got a sports Ichiban today. A sports Ichiban. Ichiban. Yeah, last night, Carmelo Anthony made his debut at Madison Square Garden. The place was crazy. A lot of energy back at the Garden. Uh, I, and I said this before to Hicks. In his lifetime, he doesn't even know this, but this is maybe a basketball town, even over a baseball town, and it's a great baseball town. Um, but people love basketball in New York and have just had nothing to look at. And this, um, you know, every time that I turn on, the TV here. It doesn't matter what kind of show it is. Mellow. Mellow's back. <laughs> and I'm watching TV last night. It's one of the, like the NBC. And he went back to his old apartment building to see his peeps. Oh, yeah, and it's book. just fucking woman, like this white woman, just throwing out peeps from fucking eight years ago. <laughs> but, um, and then there's other people, of course, all around the country talking about, is this now becoming bad for the sport of basketball, bad for the heartland? Because... Now Cleveland sucks balls. Mm -hmm. uh, Miami's happy. Uh, Denver is going to suck ass. And New York is happy. And are we going to get into that thing where only the big markets matter? But the weird thing is, I don't think that you can have a sport where the big markets don't matter except for football. Because people will watch a football game and they don't care who's playing. Yeah, but with ball. basketball, you're basically a homer. Unless you have some favorite player out there, but it's all about the player, not about the team. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. like somebody will like I, I'll watch every game this guy's playing, and they'll love that game. But if he gets traded, they're not like, oh, I'm still a Suns fan, no matter who they have. You know, like they will do with football teams. When you see people walking around with like still walking around with 49er jackets on, <laughs> you're like, dude, it's so fucking over. Stop <laughs> it. Um, eight six six, run zero fez. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Um, let's go over to Mike in New Orleans. You're on, Mike, you're on Run-FEZ. 
couple of easy bonds for you. Right. Number one, here in New Orleans, we as of today, we're up to 39 murders. Congratulations, New Orleans. Yeah, beat that, Detroit. And well, one I, more. I will tell you why. It's because you're under sea level. Yeah. And it somehow it makes you want to kill. You feel like a shark if you go around living under sea level. True, true. I have a good sports each time as well. Our sports. I uh, found out yesterday the reason Sean Payton, uh, the Saints coach, his wife up, that was because his girlfriend pregnant. I couldn't hear shit there, could you? Uh, someone was pregnant and there was a coach involved. Yeah. Somebody, a coach fucked someone. <laughs> so, coach, instead of watching game film the way he's supposed to, is fucking. I will say this. All right, your calls have gotten better. But it's been a while since I went, hmm, no, that's yeah. interesting. It has been a while since I went, hmm, that's interesting. So I'm going to ask you, the listener, this is your time to pick it up, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, and say, I've got a topic today. I've got a topic that, that I think that I could get the guys to say, hmm, I didn't ever look at it that way. Um, Dan, you're on Fez. Hey, Ronnie B. Yeah. Hey, is widespread panic going to be on tomorrow still? Uh, widespread panic is always... We have an open-door invitation to widespread panic, and I've said this before. I told Hicks the only way I would ever let him go is that if he went out on the fucking road with widespread as a, as a roadie and That'd a awesome. general gopher. <laughs> That was one of our favorite days. That, oh, yeah. A uh, concert in here. And that was the day that Dave did that really fucking hysterical bit where his head was just going back Losing and forth. Shit. Mike Boy was there, too. You know, I've been thinking a little bit about the Dave thing and him fighting with Liam. And there is, there is a part of Dave that I'm so glad that he is doing this movie fest of his because he has more love for movies. Oh, amazing. Than most people, and I'm glad that he's getting the shine with that part of it. And I do want him to get up and talk in between the movies. I can't wait because he's already acting like he doesn't want to do that. <laughs> uh, Terry, you're on Fez. Hey, Ronnie, baby, what up? My girlfriend's with. Hello, Amber. Hey. Ron, a lot of pressure on this call, but uh, I heard on NBC News last night that they're laying off potentially 35 cops in Asbury Park, where Dave's Film Festival is. So yeah. You may not have popcorn, but you might want to bring a flak jacket. Well, it's Dave has already told us that his his theater is at least six to seven hundred feet before the bad part of town. Yeah, it's um, a buffer zone. Well, let's don't go that far. The yeah, so it should be uh, fine. But again, it's always funny. No one ever wants to give the cops a raise. Want to hear that any cops are laid off? No. The second that you hear the cops are laid off, you're like, well, then we've, we've lost. But then we don't want to give them a raise. I hate seeing anyone getting a fucking raise. I, I heard Rumsfeld say this today on ONA. Well, people that work in that sector shouldn't make more than the private sector. People that work. And you're like, what is it that we don't value about teachers, cops, and firemen? Why would it be worse for them to make a fucking more money than a guy doing a marketing job out of a cubicle. I don't get it. It and doesn't yet, make any sense. And yet, it gets repeated like it does make sense over and over. Um, let's go over here to uh, Tim. Tim, you're on Hey, Ronnie, how you doing? Yeah. Um, 
I read uh, yesterday. I got it. Ah. Oh, he panicked. See, it's not easy. It's not easy when you have to be able to make us say, hmm, I never really thought of that. Um, Robert, you're on Renefez. Robert. Hello, my friend. Yeah. All right, man, got one for you here. You said it's been a while, a long time since you maybe sat back and pondered and said, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Ever found it interesting that perhaps you're in your buddy's car, you're in someone's vehicle, perhaps a lease, uh, someone that you don't know, and you pull into a filling station to get your fuel, and you're like, damn, you know, i got to get out, or i got to look out, open my door, see what side the gas tank's on. Mm-hmm. Setting from the cockpit, guarantee you. You don't have to run out today, but when you go home this evening, get in your car, look on the where your fuel gauge is, and there'll be a tiny little arrow, either left or right, on where your fuel gauge is sign of a pump, and it'll be to the right or it'll be to the left. And that's to tell you, so you don't have to get out of your vehicle, what side your gas tank's on. Now, I generally go looking for things like that from renting so many cars, and I can't tell you how many times, like, I've been someplace, got out of the car, went to pump, and went out and go, oh, wait, there's a lock somewhere, and you're under the seat. And you're under the fucking dashboard like an idiot in a car that you've never been. Yeah. And you're going, and this is something I can't ignore because I have to, I can't just say, well, fuck it. I don't care. It ain't my car. I can't go anymore. No, you're fine. So you'll literally have to say to someone, too, like I've done, like, and it's even worse if someone's pumping that you have to explain them. Look, I don't know how to open that. And then the guy will go right down there to your left. You feel like a fucking moron. Oh, there it is. And you're explaining. Look, I was in an airplane 14 minutes ago. This is crazy, isn't it? Never seen this car car. before. I mean, it was my car. Obviously, I would know where. You're not even listening to me. Oh, Jesus. Um, All right, I like that call. I like that call uh, very much. Here's Woody in Las Vegas. You're on Manifest. Hey, Ron, I got a moral conundrum for you. Let me play this. Oh, no. It's a moral conundrum. Conundrum. Yes, I was in a casino, and, and some big billionaire offered me a million dollars to sleep with my wife. What should I do? Uh, is your wife's name Demi? Uh, yes, actually it is. And the guy who offered it, Robert Redford? Dashing, but a little forward, yes. Yeah, um, here's the funny thing about that. I forget, what was the name of that movie? The uh, uh, Fuck My Wife for Money. There you go. But it was actually based... Decent proposal. Indecent proposal. He said very, very quickly, and you'd have to slow down your radio to fucking even understand huh? what Johnny Cupcake had to say there. Okay, good. Um, the funny thing is, it's based on a book. And in the book, the billionaire is this hideous-looking Arab fucking, like, chic guy. Oh, shit. So there's the fucking moral conundrum. Now, it isn't so much... Hey, will I fu- let Demi Moore fuck Robert Redford for a million dollars? You would say, go ahead, fuck her. I just want to watch you two go at it. It wouldn't even bother you. Then you'd be around driving later going like this. Yeah, I'm with a chick, uh, same chick Robert Redford used to fuck. So I'm doing okay. I-, I think, Hicks, if Robert Redford said to you and your chick, a uh, million dollars, the fuck, you guys wouldn't even break a sweat. There would, you wouldn't even look at each other before you said yes. <laughs> like money. Of course. million dollars and she's going to have a hell of a night. But if it's some fucking sand chic, Mm-mm. you know. I don't know what those people do. 
It's still a million dollars, though. No, no thank you. Fuck it. I'm poor anyway. By the way, uh, if one of those guys did, the, their condoms yeah. are just camel bladders. So oh. you, not only that, she would have a camel bladder wrapped around a dick. Oh, God. Camel pussy. Yeah. I guess it would probably stink like camel for a while. Jesus, for a while? Well, you think you're going to get that fucking out right away? I mean, you got to soak her in, in like ketchup for fucking months <laughs> at a time. It's not even ketchup. It's tomato juice. I could not think of the word tomato juice, so I just chucked in ketchup, ketchup like a works. fucking idiot. No. No, that works. Gets the smell out. Um, Steve, you're on Run a Fez. Steve. Yes. Yeah. Hey, I'm sorry about that. Uh, most difficult sports position, MLB pitcher, NFL quarterback, NHL goalie. Well, they're all, you know, difficult positions. I can't imagine being a goalie. I don't even understand how that fucking processes. Um, and But I will say this. I think a pitcher is, you're going to be kind of born a pitcher. Mm-hmm. And a goalie has skills that I don't understand. But a quarterback to make it in the NFL has skills that NFL teams don't understand. Like, you can kind of tell in high school, this kid's a fucking pitcher. And you can run into him at 15, 16, you're like, well, he's tall and thin, he's got a hell of an arm, and he's mean as shit. (laughs) Um, I honestly think, unless this kid gets hurt, he's going to do all right for himself. But it's so funny in the NFL... There are probably no draft picks wasted as much on as the NFL quarterback, where yeah. you think some kid coming out of you know UCLA is going to be a franchise player, and then a guy from some little school in the Midwest ends up fucking taking the uh, the Patriots to three different. I mean, nobody saw him coming. No, no, it was fucking crazy. Nobody saw him coming, and I remember the, the year that Ryan Leaf came out, and he got like $11 million signing bonus. And I was telling people, we're going to be Ryan Leaf fans for the rest of our <laughs> life. You watch him. I watched him play in college. He was going to dominate. And like months into it, it couldn't work for him. And and, and they couldn't sit around and nice. tell you this. And uh, Malcolm Gladwell actually wrote an article about this thing of just how difficult it is to come up with all the different kind of stuff that... Because a big part of it is these games are so close that there's something that you have to have when you're behind with two minutes to play. If you're behind by seven, if you're behind by ten, if you're behind by three. There's some kind of ice water thing that you really can't find out until they're in the position tested a little bit. And there's some great guys that have all the skills in the world that can't pull that off. And they end up not being part of it, you know, that the nerves will get to them. Um, just generally thinking too much will get to them. Um, Dan, you're on the Run of Fest show. Ronnie B. Yeah. Hey, got a question for you. It's kind of a moral conundrum with a little advice attached to it. Okay. I bought a house back in uh, 2008. I live here in Connecticut around New Haven. Uh, mm-hmm. I know you know the area for the great food. Beautiful. After living in uh, Middle Village, Queens for a couple of years. And uh, I bought it at the quote-unquote best time to buy, but come to find out three years later, it was one of the worst times to buy. Mm-hmm. So my conundrum is, 
the real estate attorneys and a lot of people in finance say that a person in my position only being 29 should just walk away from the house. Say, screw it. You'll make your money back by going through the foreclosure process for a year. But as a person with pride and growing up in the area, what would you do? Would you just try to stick it out, fight it out? I lost my job in September, which is the other. Uh, it's an incredibly interesting dilemma. And here's, here's the interesting part of it. It's regular people that say to themselves, I have you know, too much pride to walk away from this. And business people never fall for that. Business no. people will bankrupt a company in a heartbeat. They'll walk away from... And their CEOs in this uh, country making gigantic money, getting great stop, stock options, who have walked away from failed company after failed company after failed company. They're a totally different animal than us. But the people that you are talking to, the experts, think that you should walk away and stop throwing money into it, huh? Well, because when I bought the house in 2008, I bought it, I was with my high school sweetheart, who I made a mistake of dating back again after moving back here from Queens. And I bought the house with the idea. I was making over 100000 selling freaking toner and office supplies, if you can believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was 26. I was with her. I said, you know, I'll probably stay together with her. But she was terrible. As soon as we moved in, she thought that was, we're married, and she just completely tried to control my life. Wasn't going to have that, so she had to go. So I lived there for two years, two and a half years by myself. Um, the mortgage, 2700 like I said, but I was making you know, 100 to 120 over those three years. Then I lost my job back in September. Right. So I've done what I had to do to get by until then, but it's not really cutting it right now, and I'm at a make or break point where I either say, bite the bullet and walk away, and you know, if I can find another job making the good money that I was making, I'll be saving money, you know, $40,000 a year, as opposed to throwing away three, three grand a month. Because yeah, because now that you're a single guy, it doesn't matter where you live, man. I mean, you could get a studio apartment and start fresh, you know? <laughs> and, Ron, I'm, the, I'm that way. I'm like, you know what the hell am I doing? Fuck did I do? I screwed up. You know, I have a dog that did. I'll go anywhere. You know, I have a sales background. Sales is my thing. I can find a job anywhere. And, I, you know, growing up here, at this point, I'm 29. and want to get out of here just because I grew up here. But I have this albatross of a house. It was only 320000 It's five houses up from the beach. You know, I commute to New York City for work when I have work, and I like the area, but I wouldn't mind saying fuck it and starting all over. It seems like with the marriage failing, that whole thing, do-over. Oh, man, there's nothing like a do-over. I, I didn't get married. That's the thing. I had her oh. move in, and she thought it was basically marriage, and okay. we, were only still, we were only dating still at that point. Before I made but the whole thing was a nightmare. The whole de- There's nothing holding you there, right? No, nothing. I think that you ought to sit around tonight. I would never tell you what to do because it's a personal decision. But I think you should sit around tonight looking at a map of the United States of America and then pick out some places and then Google image it and look around and just say to yourself, here I am at 29. Do I want to stay in the fucking town that I grew up in or do I want to go on an adventure? And, Ron, I listen to you guys every day. Uh, I love your opinions. That's why I call it. I've been wanting to contemplate and call you about this. And you asked today for somebody to call you something interesting. I was hoping this would be it. But, um, yeah, no, that's what I want to do. And, yeah, uh, I, I, see, the thing is, I don't think there's any right answer, and there's probably a couple wrong answers, but you've got to really say, like, where, what is fucking driving me? What is my bliss? Do I want to sit here and try to get back into this, or do I want to just see what life has? It, it, it would lo- literally be up to you. Yeah, no, and uh, Pepper, you'll, you'll appreciate this, but I, I roll up a couple each night and hope that the answer comes to me while I'm sitting around uh, with my dog contemplating this. I really do. 
Where would you go? What would you be your place to choose? I grew up in the Northeast. I lived in Queens, and I went to Yukon. So this is where I'm from. Where would you choose if you could say? Well, again, it's just a personal thing. I've had the chance to live in the beach, live in the city. I've never lived in the high mountains. The high mountains always pulled to me, and the desert seems like an interesting uh, thing. Uh, But now I got uh, buddies living up in Portland, and I'm like, man, I've never, you know, the Northwest just seems like a different you know, environment. Awesome. I love the fact of getting in, in the new environments, you know. I think it can be really exciting and fun and good for you. Some people despise it. Hicks, you're in the apartment that you grew up in, right? Yep. There's Still nothing there. that ever makes you think, is there more to life than Queens? Or? Oh, no, I think about that uh, sometimes, that, you know, get out of fucking Astoria or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I figured if you're going to be in one place, being in New York is the place to no, fucking... I get it. It's just... I, I get that completely, but, you know, I know Earl's so logged into New York. It's yeah. just that you've never tried anything else. I know. I, I know. I think about that sometimes. That's what gets me is because everyone, you know, Florida's nice and everything's nice. There's other places that are nice, but everything happens in New York. So I kind of have that stereotype that I'm going to leave here that, yeah, it'll be nice to go somewhere six months and, you know, see a new environment. But eventually everything centers around, I live like in Connecticut around Boston, New York, so... You know, is it the same opportunities to go somewhere else? But here's here's the weird thing, Dan, because I live down in Florida, and the native Floridians used to get fucking pwned by New Yorkers. People would come down there <laughs> from New York and just be like fucking moving at New York paces, and everybody in Florida went, yeah, uh, really? all right, now I'm working for him. I thought I hired him, and now I'm working for him. You know, so you've got this background that you man. can like kind of go west, young man, and and find some shit, particularly, like you said, if you work in sales, you could use that to your advantage. Sure. No, exactly. That's what I, that's what I uh, it's just that, you know, that stubborn personal pride that I have. To no, work. I get it. It's the weirdest thing is, like, regular people will have it, but big business people have no problem oh. doing a fucking do-over. No emotion yeah. at all. The lawyer looked over at me when I just met with him to discuss when I lost my job, my possible situation. He said, your situation foreclosed without any emotion. Right, there's none. There's none. It was like, yeah, it's nothing. It's just a house. Just, you know, I know people doing it every day. You want to rent an apartment? I got an apartment. He wanted, he wanted to sell me an apartment for $500 in Milford, Connecticut. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, I mean, it's like, I don't know. See, the other thing, and I'll, I'll let you go off this. I've been on for a long time with you, but um, my parents also live in this town, so I feel like I'd be embarrassing them. Not They don't give a shit. My parents are really cool, um, but, you know, they're awesome. My mom's like, because I'm also... <laughs> Throw another wrench in the thing. I have a Labrador and a stupid woman stuck her face in his face and he bit her in her lip, so I'm getting sued for that. So, they can oops. move away from all those fucking problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking leave the Labrador at her house. That's up to you two to work out. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. So, well, I got the letter yesterday that from my insurance company, my homeowners, that they're dropping me just because of a one bite, which is freaking great. You pay for it and then they drop you from one bite. Oh, absolutely bite. they will. Again, they're not looking at things. No. Uh, so um, the other, the, that's the other thing is that they want me to. I think I'd embarrass my parents, but they, I don't think that. You oh, know. Hold on, uh, Joe in Jersey's got an idea for you here. Go ahead, Joe. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Hey, uh, this guy in New Haven. Uh, the one thing that he doesn't realize, I think he may, he may or may not, is if he stops paying his mortgage, which I think he should, they won't foreclose for probably twenty-four to thirty-six months because of the backlog of foreclosures nationally. So, oh yeah, that's the, the lawyer told me that too. And see, that the other thing is. When I lost my job, I, I, I'm under the mortgage, uh, mortgage forbearance program. So I, they reduced my mortgage by basically 2000 a month. So I already, it's not any, I, I'm not in the foreclosure process at all, but there's already steps to see that 
I haven't been doing well. So for the last three months, I've been in that forbearance program. Right. So I see what he's well, exactly what this caller is saying is what the lawyer said as well. He goes, you know, sit back, wait a year, collect all that money you were saving, all that money that you uh, would be paying your mortgage. You'll walk away with twenty grand in the bank because you didn't pay your mortgage by the time they foreclose on you. It's just like the, this is just the way we live now. This is the what fucking goes on. Here's Steve. West Babylon has got something for you. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, how you doing? Yeah, Good. I sell bank-owned properties. Been doing it for 15 years. And the advice, uh, this uh, guy with the dilemma lost his job, uh, doesn't know what to do. If he can't meet the mortgage, I don't know if he's paying his mortgage now. Do you know? Well, I'm, I'm in the forbearance program, so I'm making the – it was 2600 Now, Right now it's like 900 so I'm able to make that. Okay. Uh, how much did you buy the house for? Three fifteen. What is it worth today? Well, you know, the twenty quarter. And I just had. They said two seventy five. My bank claims two thirty five. But it's it's there's, there's houses that sold in the area for around three hundred. So I'd say probably on two seventy five. Well, what I would say is uh, one option you have is that you could you could sell that. It's a short sale. Yes. That is one thing. What that's going to do is you won't have a foreclosure on your credit rating. You'll, most likely the bank will forgive you for the deficit that will incur from the sale. Most likely is the scary part, though, because now he's going to earn. <laughs> uh, well, you know, you if know he has bank- to own $50,000 just to move, that's a scary deal for a young kid. Well, that's something. You have to see that there's going to be satisfaction of loan at closing. If okay. not, you just walk away from the deal. Another option is do nothing. Don't pay anything. Tuck your money away. It'll take you two years before the bank approaches you with this that they'll foreclose. When they foreclose, stay there. From the bank, representative will approach you to see what your intentions are. You tell them, I'm ready to move. I just need some money to help me move. And negotiate getting some money from the bank. The bank will give you money to move out in 30 days. Wow. We live in one crazy country. It's a game after another. Yeah, it is. All right, thanks, Steve. Dan, here's the weird thing. Yeah. You're trying to be a stand-up guy. But look how the people who are in the business think. Yeah. They're, they're, it, this is not leave it to beaver times, man. Everything is different. No, that's, I play pickup hockey, um, and these, a lot of these guys are lawyers and, and attorneys, and, and a couple of them, there's four on my team, and each one of them, you know, not even collectively, on separate occasions said, oh, yeah, at your age, what do you have to stay there for? Just walk away. What do you? It's, I live, the thing is, I live five houses from the beach, too. I love it. I like to fish, you know, I, you know and all that stuff. But so it's all those dumb little factors that a lawyer or just, you know, a stoic. Uh, yeah, they don't care. They're, it's all about money to them. It's not about life. And, you know, it might be lifestyle, but it's never life. Here's Donald in Phoenix. Ronnie B., I'll hire Dan tomorrow. I'm a sales manager. I'm in the uh, insurance business. Um, I've lived, I'm from Texas. I've lived in Charlottesville, Virginia. I've lived in Ohio. Now I'm out here in Scottsdale. It's, uh, the desert is awesome. And, uh, the opportunities I, I've been making six figures since I was 19, working for the same company 24 years. I could train him up, get him out here, get him going. I'd love to have him. What do you think, Dan? You want to go out and work in Scottsdale? Well, that, that actually is one of the, uh, probably 10 places I've thrown the... I'm, I'm going to put you on hold, uh, Donald. Maybe Dan will talk to you. Take his number and see if he uh, if he's serious. Here's Dave in Jersey. You're on the Run of Fish show. Hey, Ronnie. How you doing? Good. 
Yeah, I was just going to say, everything you just mentioned, I've lived all those places, grew up outside of Seattle, lived in San Francisco, San Diego, lived in Scottsdale, lived in Denver, and I think that was great advice you just gave him. Honestly, get up, man. Just get up and go on an adventure and find out what you like. I mean, personally for me, the desert wasn't it because it just gets a little bit too hot in the summer, but man, I would highly recommend San Diego or San Francisco, and if you don't get depressed by the plains... Denver's awesome because you just shoot up to Telluride, shoot up into the mountains, hang out. Just just a great great piece of advice I thought you gave that guy. No, no, I'll tell you, San Diego, I mean, I'm very outdoorsy. I ski, I fish, I, 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 I you know, I play hockey. I love San Diego, Colorado, those those areas definitely would be a, a nice change. All right, Dan, you're a good dude. We wish you all the best. All right, B, thank you. I've called before to talk about the food in Connecticut. I hope uh, if you ever come this way, you know. Hopefully I'll see you in New Haven on Worcester Street. I spent a few years there too. Yeah, it's a it's a great little town. What do you want to talk to him off the air? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on hold in case you want to talk to that guy. All right, Dan. All right, Ronnie. Thanks a lot, bud. All right. Nice. These are like we said. These are hard times. These are weird times. You know, there's talented people not doing stuff. There's that you know, there's people not doing the things they want to do because of the economy. And everybody wants the economy to bounce back, but how exactly do you do that? The Republicans and Democrats both look confused to me right now. Just confused. And I guess anybody can go on and, you know, lead the country when things are going well. I'm telling you right now, uh, the Clinton years just seemed like some time of happiness for no apparent reason. I don't think it had anything to do with Big Bill. And maybe it's because we were spending all the money that we didn't fucking have, you know. I don't know. But it doesn't look like we're not... It, it, it looks like we're going to stay in these kind of times for a while. Where you're just wondering, I wonder what exactly the right thing to do. And I know a lot of people here in New York living just for the city. Just like fucking Stevie Wonder said in the 60s or 70s. It feels like we're coming back into that. Um... Let's go over to uh, John Buffalo, your manifest. You know, it's funny. I'm the same age as uh, that guy, Dan, and over the last couple of years, I've been going through the same thing. I'm not sure if I want to stay here. Luckily, I've always rented, so I don't have any connections to a house, but i got to give him the advice of it's the most liberating thing when he makes that final decision. Within the last probably three to four weeks, I made the decision just to get the hell out of here. No matter where I'm going and what I'm doing, I need to leave, and I'm doing exactly what you've been saying. I'm looking at different cities. I've passed up job offers in the last couple of years because I wasn't sure I wanted to go somewhere. And now that I've made that conscious decision that it's time to just go and start all over, it's absolutely amazing. I I have not felt better than this, knowing that, hey, I'm not leaving something that means a lot. I'm going to something that's going to mean more. It's just great. Well, you know, there I I know some people have this thing where they hate, like, well, I'm not going to know anyone there. But that can be just, like, fantastic. Because you can just start fresh and go, you know what? I'm not going to fall into the same ruts as I used to be into. I'm gonna, I'm going to not only show up at a new place, but I'm gonna make myself as new as I can possibly be. And um, you know, I've discussed this with Fez so many times, but there have been places that he and I have worked out of. That at the time, we're like, oh, this is pretty shitty. But then looking back on it, you're like, hey, if we didn't do that, we wouldn't have been ready for this other gig that was like 
two or three gigs down the road, and now we're prepared and know what it's like. You know, when people work in radio, um, they never realize, no matter how good they are, when they go to a new town, everyone hates you. No matter what. And when, like, you know, I, I kind of started at the top. I started on a show that r- did really great. And I used to be surprised, like, you go to a new market, and they're like, you guys blow, and we sure miss Weezer and the Alley Cat. They were so much better. And you're like, I heard their tapes. They suck. What the fuck is he? But they were just, like, used to whatever used to be there. And now I totally know what it feels like to go into a new, and I would never, you know, even have a set. I'd be like, okay, this is part of the process of what it's like. It's like, a, and that happens... Over and over and over to you, uh, and that's how you get better at stuff. Um, there's something really cool about finding when you go into a new town, like I'm going to find the great pizza place, you know. What I mean, I'm not going to fucking order Domino's, I'm going to find a great barbecue place, I'm going to find out whatever cool river raft festival to take. It might look like a podunk town, but I'm going to find the coolest people here to hang out with. There's a scene somewhere. And yeah, there's always a scene. I mean, you could go... I, I'm guaranteeing... You could move to Lubbock, Texas. I guarantee you there's an underground punk scene. There just <laughs> is wherever you go. You could move wherever it happens to be. There might not be as many, but because of that, the people at that will be cooler. So you can move into some of these places uh, and say, I can make the best of it. Now, I had fights with that with Fez because, like, when we moved to D.C., he was just like, fuck this. I'm not part of this. I don't want to be here. I wanted to be, you know. And he shut down completely, and that had a big part of of him, like, kind of taking a poison pill to get the rest of the world sick. You know, it doesn't fucking work that way. Um, it's up to you. You got to make it out. Uh, but I can guarantee you, if I walk up and down the halls, Rob Claus, Steve Blatter, Jeremy Coleman, everybody's been in bad markets that they didn't want to be in, and everybody had to move things over. O and A have been on the beach before. It's just all part of the process. And what you don't realize is, like, when you get to this level, that's seen as an accomplishment. You know, where, where people can go, all right, so you know what it's like. So these things that maybe at the time feel like failures is seen as an asset. Um, the worst thing that could ever happen is walking in here like you guys did because you're not ever going to know what it's like to move into different markets and to know and go out and physically meet the people. Yeah. And when you're happening, you know, like, what? I got to go to that fucking club? Oh, no. <laughs> I got to be there for the Naughty Naughty contest. I got to do Foxy Boxing. But then you actually meet people. You find out what they do like and hate about radio, and then you can keep moving up again. Um, Pete, you're a Fez. Yo, Roddy B. What's up, man? Yeah. Hey, I uh, wanted to uh, get your take on uh, uh, Fred Armisen's uh, Portlandia. I, I, I've seen one episode. I don't know if you've caught that. Uh, one part of it was great. The other part was a waste of time, and I'm wondering if I should commit some more time to it, if you know anything about this thing. Well, since it isn't, you know, life or death, I don't think if it's that big of a deal whether you commit to a TV show. But you're not ever going to watch sketch comedy that every sketch you're going to like. Yeah. I don't care if it's Monty Python. You know what I mean? You are right. going to watch the old show of shows and go, well, that fucking's blue. And, uh, <laughs> and Portlandia is no different than that. But there's some weird stuff, and I was telling um, Fred Armisen, 
the, the thing that I liked about the show, and I don't even know why, is the chick. This is great. Through. It's fucking the stuff. Brooklyn I, I, and Carrie, what? Not Underwood. No, it's not Underwood. Uh, but she's fantastic. And um, but no, of course, with a sketch comedy show, you're not going to watch. I've never liked a complete Saturday Night Live, and I always watch it. I watched it forever. Carrie Brownstein. Yeah. Um. So no, you're not going to get into that. It's not that big a deal. Here's Peter. Peter, you're on my face. Hello. Yes. Yeah, that guy's on there talking about how you got to worry, you know, if it's the best thing or to move into a new field, and I don't know people. That's like for fucking four-year-old story about. You go wherever the most money is that you can make, whether it makes you happy or if it makes you miserable. You go where you make the most money. You're a, an adult. You're a man. you got responsibilities, people to take Well, he care doesn't of. have any responsibilities. He doesn't have kids. He doesn't have a wife. He has oh. the opportunity to look for opportunities. So he's one of them guys that just hates money, then. He don't need it. It's like a hippie thing. Again, you know what? Here's the weird thing. And I don't know what kind of money that you're making, Peter. And I don't know what kind of, what kind of work do you do. Whatever I can. And there's never enough. That ain't the point either. It don't matter how much you make. Well, there's... If something comes along where you can make more, do it. You know, if somebody was willing to pay me $50,000 an hour to shoot my own feet with a twenty two caliber pistol, I'd do it. All right, you know? so what do you, what do you is a is a comfortable amount of money to make a year where you say, if I made this amount of money, it would, would bring me some comfort? More. Give me an exact figure. Let's have a conversation, Peter. Uh, I don't know, maybe 1.5 a year. 1.5 million. More now, or less. Have you ever made anywhere near that? What, what has been your biggest year? Uh, 1.6. Uh, you're just talking shit. I can't have a fucking conversation. I really wanted to have a real conversation with you about money, Peter, but you're just being a fucking, well, you know, a weirdo. You're afraid to be fucking want. honest about it or, or open about it. We can do that. Uh, I can talk about, you know, what lifestyle is also worth to you. I mean, if you're a guy who hunts and enjoys hunting, working in the city might be fucking disastrous for you. If you're a guy who enjoys cultural events, if I put you in Montana, you'd be like, I'm, I'm going fucking bug crazy. You know, you, you also have to look at those things. You have to look at what type of life do I want to live in. Uh, Justin, you're on my face. Hey, morning, Ronnie. Hey, I just want to say moving places into horrible work situations based purely on money is the dumbest theory I have ever heard. Like, well, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you want to go do something? And I understand money is very important, but do yeah. something that you feel uh, satisfied in doing, or feel like you're doing something. Well, what's interesting is if somebody said to you, "I want you to, you know, move here. You can make two or three times what you make now." Yeah, you definitely do have to look at that. Yeah. But when it's like three to four thousand dollars a year more. <laughs> And people make those moves like, well, I'm moving up. I don't know if you always are. No. You know, I don't know if that's the fucking uh, deal. Um, let's go over here to, um, here's Brendan. Brendan, you're on manifest. Hey, what's going on, buddy? Yeah. You know, I, I would tell Dan that uh, he should get out there and just do whatever he can, man. I mean, uh, it's always good to move around and see different places and, there's always work, and work is just a means to have fun. I mean, you know, uh, 
you make money because you have to, and that's pretty much it. But if you can go somewhere and enjoy life, then, you know, fuck it, go do it. And yet, you know, work is part of the enjoyment of life. There's no doubt about that. I mean, like, if you suddenly, if you look at rich people, it's amazing how many people get up and go to an office every day when their life is already set. And because work is part of of entertainment for us. It's that sense of accomplishment, it's that sense of, of doing something. We enjoy feeling like we're involved uh, in the world. And, you know, business people never, it's always, you know, regular people who go, man, if I had $2 million, you'd never see me again. But, you know, but look how many of those CEOs are working like 18-hour days and they're worth a billion dollars. I see them all over New York. And because they don't put money in that same, it's not an end to them. It's just part of the game. Um, here is Craig. Craig in Oregon, you're on Fuzz. Hey, what's going on, buddy? Yeah. I really quick. I drive log truck, man, and it, I it, I make like fifty grand a year, but it really is probably the best job I've ever had. I've made more money, less money, and it it really is just the people you work with that make it worth doing. But reason I called is I live in Oregon. I mean, I like fishing and hunting. I live kind of central Oregon. I mean, it's state standard miles long. So, you know, within an hour I can be in Eugene, and it's a pretty good party town. Uh, another hour from there is Portland. And it's just uh, amazing to me that these people, like, I, and I'm the same way. I'd love to get to the East Coast just because the West Coast is all kind of new when it comes to our country, you know, right. relatively new. So, to me, it's like, what is it that always makes you want to, I guess, explore? You know, like, I'd love nothing more than to come to the East Coast just to see New York or Philly or something like that. And uh, Although I, I'm 100% happy where I'm at, you know, for, for what my lifestyle is. Well, yeah, I, I mean, there's no doubt about it because here's, like, one of the the saddest things about being alive is that we only get the one life, you know? That if you could sit around and daydream... If you're if you've got any kind of imagination, you could think of a hundred different lives in in no time that you would like to uh, experience. You know, there's no. I mean, my brother has always had a life completely different than mine. His has always been outdoors, and we're always like kind of interested in what each other do. You know, but I'll never have the experiences that he had, and he'll never have the experiences that I've had, and that's. One of the strange kind of sad things that sometimes you're like, damn, I wish I could even do more things, you know. Um, there's just something in us. And I mean, why did we ever leave Europe to begin with? We know why we left Africa. We were in chains. But why did we leave Europe? There was you'll go over Europe now and you're like, well, that place isn't wasted. There's still plenty of forest and shit there. That <laughs> seems like there would have been enough room that you didn't have to get on a little boat and go across. Um, Brian, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, what's up, buddy? Yeah. I'm just uh, new to the show. I've been a huge ONA fan for a long time, and I just wanted to say you guys are fantastic. And uh, I'm calling out here in Portland, and it's nice to hear you folks giving Portland a little love. Well, the, the to me, uh, up until you, the Portland listeners have been some of the funniest that we have. Uh, you're the first nice. Portland listener that didn't really call up and crack me up, but I'm not going to hold it against you yet. You I'll probably just weren't ready for it. Uh, I, w- I wasn't ready, but uh, I'll do what I can. Next time I call, uh, I'll get something wrong. What's up, Dix? 
What up, dog? Uh, you know, uh, when we were doing the movie uh, titles for you yesterday, I saw that Ken from Portland had written a list that was funnier than everything else. He had, <laughs> that had came in by everybody, uh, and his list was fucking uh, hysterical. Well, Ken's the best. Um, did you ever get the link up for Frenchie? I was still still searching for it, but it, it I have it right here. I'm going to send it to you. I don't right. know why you don't let me know these things. Um, I'll send it to Chris Stanley. Shall I? Sure, Chris okay, Stanley. Good. All right, we already did put it up there without you. Okay, good. Uh, go over to 202 Friends if you like to help out uh, the lovely Frenchie, who's been uh, nothing but a friend to us and ONA for ten years. Um, you know, when I would do those road gigs, she'd be on the road with them and all the different kinds of stuff that come up. French would always be a part of it. So if you got a little something to uh, spare, go over to 202 Friends on Twitter. Some of her friends have uh, set up some stuff. By the way, where is this story? There's so many people on the beach. Is that Libya? People trying to get out? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's the pro it's it's pro protest because they're taking like the eastern part of the country is pretty much taken already and uh, his family's trying to get the fuck out and no one's taking them so yeah they're just it's it's getting it looks like they're gonna fucking get Gaddafi out of here out of there and they're just so amazing to see shit. this shit go down yeah oh man it's fucking crazy and these are people like that have known nothing but oppression their entire life Whatever, forty years or I mean I can't even imagine. What's going on in their heads right now? And there's, it looks like Jesus. the army and shit is backing up those kind of people. Yeah. yeah I think a bunch of, some generals just like uh, went out and said, Dude, we're not firing on the citizens. Stop doing all this crazy shit. And then, then they stepped down and get the hell out of there. Say it's Facebook and Twitter. <laughs> and I told you the day Facebook came out. You remember what I said to you? I mm-hmm. said, this will topple bad regimes all over the world. I said that to you, Hicks. Yeah. And you said, I'm just going to put up a picture of my dick. And I go, well, you're wasting. Check your- it out. Yeah, look. Don't look at this. Elephant cock. Elephant cock. And he actually put a fucking elephant's, I'm going to say nose, but it must be snout or something next Probably to it. Probably trunk. Yeah, trunk. That's the fucking word. <laughs> it's like the paw, the hoof. The hoof. The paw. And there's plenty of great pictures of me just getting fucked up. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of you holding the beer up. Hey! What up? We're partying. <laughs> What is that picture for? I don't know. It's like, look how good times I have in the Do past. Do you know that there is... You I'll know, make a you, duck face if I'm abroad. You take one of the all-time great drinkers. You take a fucking Robert Mitchum. There's not a single picture of him holding the beer up next to his friends. Like, look what we're He's doing. He's got a funnel. Yeah. <laughs> Lee Terrible. Marvin, you're never going to see him with a Michelob. Check it out! Drink it, Mick! <laughs> Lee Marvin would sit down... And fucking look in the bottom of that fucking glass of scotch, oh, yeah. like hoping there would be an answer for him there. Eventually. There wasn't. No. But he would try. He would try. All right, I, I do have to take a break here. I'm loving the calls today. You people are rising to it. You've got me pondering the universe. Keep it up. Uh, Yeah, keep it up. Hang on. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. Anything on your mind today, Hicks? Uh, Yeah. I got... Uh... Well, there was something on blogging that the New York the New York Times put an article on blogging that's kind of disturbing to me. On people make creating blogs, just bloggers in general, and how Twitter and Facebook are affecting them. Check it. Look at look at it. Look at it. Drinking cores. The shotgun. It. <laughs> <laughs> 
Do me a favor while we're doing this. I want you to grab a bar towel and wipe some of the cupcake off your face. Sure. Now, is this part of the uh, menu now at F.H. Riley's? I'm not sure. I, I, I was just told that, you know, they're it's, coming from there. It's the only uh, five-star restaurant on Long Island. Fantastic food there. Beautiful. Love it. Dominating Long Island. And when I went through that, when I went through that menu, I went into it looking for mistakes. It's like a fine tooth comb. They said, "What can I get, Your Honor?" I said, "Give me a little bit of every dish that you have, because I am going to go over this." Jesus, it's pressure. And I just had this like tiny spoon, just eating small amounts, just tasting, looking, for, yeah, like just tasting, looking for a mistake, and I couldn't find one. Amazing. Your palate's fantastic. We all know this. Well, I hate when you play up to me like that. I'm this, not playing up to you. I don't this, know I'm just, whether it's I'm sarcasm set. or brown nosing. This is neither. This is just fact. You know, I'm not Imus where I want to be fucking surrounded by a lot of people telling me I'm 100% right. Uh, it's you facts, know, that's why I say to the listeners, give me something to say hmm about. Ronnie B, I'm just telling you what, how it is. I'm not a homer, my friend. I understand. Uh, anyway, we'll be back in just a couple of moments. Um, but and also for updating stuff for people. Yeah, I'm getting stuff from Fez in, and it's still crazy. It's still <laughs> touching, going crazy. I'm glad you can laugh at other people's misfortune. No, it's, it's not, I'm not and, laughing at misfortune. Well, what you just laugh for no it's reason? Just, it's just crazy. I'd like to send you to etiquette school is what I'd like to do with you. Oh, I don't know if I'd be. I think I'd be kicked out of there immediately. I think the first thing you're going to tell you is take the wrapping off of the cupcake. You just don't hold on to the wrapping and eat it from the inside out. There's a cupcake class? Yeah. All right. You're eating it like, uh, like, Greek, like a Greek-eating asshole. You just pulled it open <laughs> and you're sucking inside. It's disgusting. Yes. Table manners play very much into the world of etiquette. Well, you tell me where my forks should be or whatever, salad forks and like crab forks or whatever. You know what? I, if I go out to a, a, a thing like that when I'm doing a tasting menu, I should take you with me. Because if I forgot where I, what I ate, I could just look on your shirt. And oh, find come on. It right it's not there. that bad. Look at this. It's not that bad. Sure, I got a little side with the cupcakes today. You look like you're wearing a cupcake shirt. That'd be very nice. Right, we are going to uh, be back in just a few moments after the Jump and Serena Fest show. You got a phone, oh, you're all alone. Man, you're stoned. Call, oh, you're all alone. You got a phone, oh, well, you're stoned. Call, fuck-ups. Everybody thinks we're fuck-ups, except the right people. The right people see everything. I got drunk the night before. I'm hungover as hell. I'm wearing my overalls. These guys are all in suits. I look like a mess. I'm smoking. Can I have a cigarette? 
Ron and Fez show. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. I got a couple messages that said to me, be nice to Hicks. I love Hicks. Don't ever confuse that. No, I think I'd be nice to me. I don't? Have to be if you That's want. nice. That's nice. <laughs> Good. You can call me boob. It doesn't matter. Whatever. <laughs> Just doing a little but What about Bob? No, Hicks is the most lovable person in the entire life. And uh, Hicks, you enjoyed your cupcakes today? Oh, very good. Very delicious from Opie's sister. F.H. Riley's out on the island. I was just thinking watching you eat those, but if you have a nice dessert like that, and then, but first they would send over maybe a salad, an entree, you know, some bread, and then the cupcakes. It's like a meal in itself, right then. Then yeah, really. that takes the rest of your mind out of things. Then you don't have to think anymore. Once course is here. Yeah. Then you don't have to just sit around thinking, "What am I going to eat later?" No, it's all taken care of. They're all right here. <laughs> I like to have somebody just follow you around, Hicks, with Tupperware, oh. making making sure that you're eating properly. That'd be great. Because I, I, I can't take care of myself. What about that girlfriend of yours? Uh, she, doesn't, she doesn't have to take care of me. What kind of work does she do? She's a tutor. Well, piano tutor? No, she shapes young minds. Bum, 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 bum. What subject? Um, anything. She'll tutor them anything. Get some kids into Harvard. Really? Yeah. Is that where she went? No. Where'd she go? SUNY Purchase. Everybody went to SUNY Purchase. It's, it was a blast, Ron. I understand that. <laughs> Birch, New York. I understand. And I know Edie Sedwick went there. Whoever the hell it was, there's always some kind of... Purchase Mafia. Yeah, there's always some kind of uh, cool name that went to this little school. Dan Deacon. Dan Deacon, everybody. Tearing up the world. Him and Francis Ford Coppola. All right, what was uh, the topic at mind for you? <sighs> okay. Uh, so the New York Times put out a... Uh, a, it was not, I wouldn't say a study, but uh, some statistics on blogging, which is basically people starting blogs and talking about whatever. What yeah. year is this? Fucking 87? Yeah, basically, that's what they're fucking saying, is that it's down about half well, here's from like the, a year ago. Here's it's the statistics. Down 50%. Anybody who starts a blog gets bored with it and stops. <laughs> it's too fucking hard. It's like writing a column for the Tribune. Yeah, basically. And that, like, Twitter, everyone's just going to Twitter and Facebook, and then they're just abandoning anything long form. And that. That's all people want to do is bang out their 140 characters and their Facebook status updates. And it's kind of scary. It's, it's getting shorter and shorter. Like, well, movies and TV shows start getting shorter or whatever. It'd be fucking... Why, is it, if, anyone, all right, if you can't sit down and read three paragraphs, mm -hmm. why are you going to sit down and watch a two-hour movie? It doesn't seem like it's going to make any sense. It's actually harder to watch movies now. Yeah. And it's harder to watch movies at home because now if you're you know sitting around with a couple people, someone is always... On the computer while Always. you're doing it and going like this. I just went to the IMDb page. Uh, you know, this guy was also in. The, the, you know, like, but we're watching this movie. Right. But it's hard for people to watch one movie. It's crazy. It really is. I know some guy, but couple boys of mine, there's three guys living in an apartment. They're watching TV or sports or whatever. Everyone has a laptop in front of them. They're on, they're on fucking Facebook while they're in a conversation and fucking talking and drinking. It doesn't, it's fucking ridiculous. I would make fun of it, except for that fucking fantasy football has forced me to be close to a fucking <laughs> laptop so I can see when your scores or my scores come in so I can either be happy about something that isn't happening now or really pissed off about it. <laughs> what happened it's, with that defense? Come it's on. insane. Um, but also, people send me articles, right? Like yeah. friends or even listeners. And I'll read the article... 
and I will, you know, respond and go, hey, I read that thing. Don't you think they got off? And they'll be like, oh, I didn't read it. Yeah. I go, what do you mean you didn't read it? They go, I just thought, I read the beginning of it. I thought you would like it, so I sent it to you. And I'm always like curious, like, wait, you sent me something now that you don't even take the time to read, but you're like, I see the headline. Yeah, is about I, I've this. done it. It's like, wait, what happened in that article? Yeah, I, yeah, I just thought you'd like it, buddy. That's all. I uh, sent Dave a thing today where uh, shots at Stanley Kubrick would always makes me laugh. Now I make him responsible for anything about Stanley Kubrick. If he loves anything, I, I don't know why you do it. It's an awful habit. But since he loves Axl Rose, I'll just wait until I see a horrible Axl Rose thing and send it off to Dave and go, here's your boy Axl Rose. There he fucking go. believes in UFOs and wizards. <laughs> and I, I just make him defend it. There's no, I don't know what's wrong with me that I'm acting like he owns the Axl Rose thing in the, in the world. And Pearl Jam, too. Well, anything about Dave. Pearl Jam they could possibly do, I'm up his ass for. No reason for it. <laughs> and other people go, um... I know that you uh, hate Pearl Jam. I go, no, I don't hate Pearl Jam. No, fine. They go, well, you said so much to Dave. I go, yeah, that's to Dave. I, I don't mean it. I, I just want to put him on a defense. Mike, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Hey, uh, I'm, uh, I quit an $80,000 a year job to go back to school, and mm -hmm. I'm getting close to uh, going to graduate school, and uh, I've decided to go overseas. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about New Zealand, but I wondered if you had any uh, News. Ideas of where I might ought to go. What, what are you studying? Uh, geology. All right, New Zealand's beautiful, but everything's in Libya right now, my friend. That's where it's popping. That's where it's happening. Get on over there. The girls are 40 years waiting and, and ready to fuck. Well, what, do you study sand over there? Yeah, sand. Uh, and then, like, you keep digging in the sand, and you're going to find, like, a, a darker, richer kind of sand oh. under that. It's pretty interesting. Ah, I have oh. to look into that. Thanks, Ronnie B. All right, peace. Yeah, it's all in Libya right now. They're saying Saudi Arabia is going next to fucking blow up. Good. Fuck them all. Take them all down one after another until we have a super Islamic fucking jihad nation. The nation of super jihad. And they, they'll have robot capabilities. What? Uh, Muslim robots? By the way, this discovery that's taken off right now, you can see it up here if you turn on your MSNBC. Yeah. Uh, or... Any of the other news channels are all going to have it. It's got a robot in there. What? Mm-hmm. Why, why is there a human in there? Um, well, there are humans. But, but they bring a robot with them? Well, yeah, one of them helps Will Robinson, this little kid. And it's very, very mean to Mr. Smith. It's kind of scary. Oh, whatever. Would you go up in the shuttle if they offer you tomorrow? Fuck yeah, I'll fucking do that. But I'll have to go to training or will they just throw me in the shuttle? You're going to have to do some setups. I'm not going to fucking lie to you about I that. I want to go through the training. But See I that? I've been to all these fucking places in there. I've climbed up on the top of one of those things. Is it awesome? It's a lot higher than you think. I mean, forget <laughs> going into space. It's fucking scary just to climb up to get into it. They're <laughs> like, I don't know if I can. I got With my fear of heights, I don't know if I'm going to climb up this high on a fucking rocket. And, you know, the weird thing, too, is that thing is just a giant bomb that you're sitting next to. Like a giant tank of gas, right? It's just, yeah, it's we're, fucking... yeah, we're like ants crawling around on a bullet. Rocket fuel. Uh, where's my intern, Gabe? The, the general? My, yeah, the general of all the interns. He's quickly becoming my new best friend. Um, I want to put this out again. We're not doing search, search, hurry up, search tomorrow. We're not doing the Seinfeld sign uh, language challenge. Um, that is...
postponed. And you're saying, oh, canceled. No, don't you understand Mm-mm. the difference between canceled and postponed? It's just put back a little bit. Uh, Gabe, I've talked to some people, and we're taking you out after the show and getting you new pants. The whole Thank you. Pants. Yeah. I, I don't desperately... Know whether, I don't know whether you're broke or you got a new job singing for In Excess. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's a kind of an obscure thing for you that's guys, fine. I'm sure. No. All right, good. I don't know. Yes, I, I don't do. Know. My pants are terribly ripped. Now, is that on purpose? Is that a style thing? Absolutely not. It's because I can't afford new ones. Oh, come on. How are you doing with the ladies, Gabe? I worry about you. You're like a smart kid, but you do well with the ladies. Yeah, I have a girlfriend. It's going to be two years in April. All right, let's see a picture of her. Go to the MySpace page. Okay. Oh, Facebook, the Friendster, <laughs> the Act Now. What is it? Now? S Now? Where are you now? Something Now. There's a new one that says that you can put all your things under there. So they can find your Twitter, your MySpace, and everything all from one place. All my drinking pictures in one place? Okay. I want you, now, do you have a, uh, a feeling that she's adorable? Like, what do you say that you describe? Describe what his girlfriend is. I'm going to say Asian. I'm going to say Good Asian. Call. Because he says he loves Japan, so I'm thinking he has the yellow fever. All right. I'm going to say this. She's petite. Uh-huh. Almost... Pixie is cute. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm picturing short hair also. Okay, good. Short hair. And uh, actually, no, mix. White and Asian. <laughs> White and Asian is Asian. I guess so, yeah. Just a second. I don't know. Picture of her eyes. Yes. Here's one. Oh, I was All right, I was closer. Yes. She's petite. Uh, more pictures. I'm just getting face shots on this. Oh, sure, sure. Come on. Slideshow this. Give her that special pictures that you keep, <laughs> you know, hid somewhere. She's not that kind of girl. Well, I mean beach pictures. She goes to the beach, doesn't she? Everybody loves the beach. Sure does. All right. Let's get some of those That's shots right. up here and move in. This is no Nico's <laughs> She's sister. a nice girl, though, right? Of course. <laughs> Nico's sister. The <laughs> poor weird, thing. obscure reference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> She's actually a flamenco dancer, so. Oh. What do you mean flamenco? That's like a Spanish dancer? Yeah, yeah. Well, pass me a bottle, Mr. Jones. <laughs> um, she have the outfit? Yeah, she has a lot of dresses. How, where do you flamenco dance these days? Uh, the Copa? Tapas bars. <laughs> oh, what, tapas? Tapas bars. Yeah, topless bars. All right, she dances at <laughs> topless bars. Sexy, all right. Not exactly. Um, right, she's adorable. Where's Thank that you. picture taken at? Uh, somewhere in Europe. She What's act- the story with all these chicks she's hanging out with? Where's their deal? They, they in with anybody? I don't know. She was uh, last semester. She was in uh, Spain for really? uh, for well, flamenco she looks dancing. Kind of friendly with some of these girls. A lot yeah. of kissing going on. Like, oh, let's do something <laughs> different. We're in Spain. Let's enjoy ourselves. Yeah. I'm all excited from flamenco dancing all night. <laughs> she's adorable. Thank oh, you. Yeah. She might be the one for you, huh? Uh, it's pretty serious. What happens when you move to L.A. and start writing for fucking Mike and Molly? Uh, well, it's come up a few times. She doesn't really like talking about the future, which is There's never... a fucking very cool flamenco scene in L.A. Yeah. She doesn't have to worry. She'll be very happy there. It's well, funny. She told, me, she told me the only flamenco scene in America is actually in New York. Oh, is that right? <laughs> How would she know? <laughs> Just tell her that, though. I should. She do any ballroom dancing? The big BD? No, uh... When she was a kid, she did ballet, and then she actually fell in love with uh, flamenco. What, she ended up getting a ballet ache? What happened to her? Why is she doing <laughs> anymore? A black swan or something? 
Uh, I don't. She she just. Will saw you go my, flamenco? Why don't you learn so you can fucking dance with her? She she wants to take me salsa dancing. That's what I've been trying to get myself to learn. Why don't you just stick with what you know, breaking and fucking popping and doing that whole scene? <laughs> mm-hmm. so I don't know any of those. Why not? Where do you go seltzer dancing? Is uh, that her flamenco dancing right there? Uh, yeah, this is her doing a rehearsal of. Yeah, it's fucking hot. It's one of the few theater gigs she's done. Oh, oh. yeah. Uh. Let me know when she's at a tapas bar. I'll come there with a couple of fucking dollar bills to tuck them. <laughs> okay, what have you got to do? Make it rain, Ronnie B. Yeah, sure I do. <laughs> I make it rain, but I make it rain once. <laughs> Whatever. I'm not wasting my time fucking raining tens. Let's see. Uh, she went to Morocco while she was abroad sure last she did? semester. Did she smoke hash? Uh, she ate a cow head, actually. That's going to fuck you up. She got, yeah, she got a parasite from it. It actually, she didn't get rid of it until end of January. What happened? She's shitting all over the place. Well, Throwing up a she's lot. From Lincoln. <laughs> Who's that? Oh, what that's the, her and uh, what is that? That's the veil, I think. The, what is she? A Muslim? In this photo, it looks like. Would they make her wear that? I think she thought it was cute, and I think it's cute. Yeah, it was, I thought it was cute till till nine eleven. Then I'm like, this isn't so adorable anymore. Mm-hmm. What are you trying to put more clothes on her? <laughs> he doesn't get turned on until she puts on a snowsuit. Oh, it's only eyes now. Well, perfect. I don't understand the young guy's sex. I don't know. Actually, I can't understand this crazy lifestyle. By the way, not only did uh, Hicks eat all the cupcakes and didn't even share any with you, did he, Gabe? But I noticed that he tongue touched each one of them so that even so <laughs> mm-hmm. you'd have to eat his spit. Well, is it chocolate? Because if it was chocolate, I have no problem with that. Yeah, what is what you? You don't like chocolate, huh? No. I, I can't stand it. All right, well, let me ask this question very quickly. Sure. Hicks, yes. cake or cookie? Cookie. Over a cake. Over cake. I love a cookie. Cake. Oh, All right. Come on. Cake or pie? Oh, shoot. I'm going to have to go pie there. I'm sorry. All right, cookie or pie? Pie. All right, so now we got pies as the number one, right? Yeah. Pie or ice cream? <sighs> Can it be a la mode? No, it's pie not, not not in this fucking world I'm inventing right now. <laughs> no, this is this is seriously. It's like having a gun to your head. I'm sticking with pie because my girlfriend makes really good pie. I bet she's got a great pie. <laughs> 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 and finally, get on on, on the, all those flamenco clothes she's rocking. Yeah, really. Yeah. So pie or ice cream? Yeah. Pie and go straight to hell. Give me some ice cream. Really? Yeah. Ouch. So ice cream I, cake. <laughs> so you, by the way, you have switched your favorite dessert seven fucking times. Well, no, because I what no, I'm going to say frogs like fuck yeah, fuck ice cream, <laughs> burn me up some frog legs. All right, this is a, 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 I'll put it out there to you guys and the listeners. What is the perfect dessert? The perfect dessert. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Because you see these guys, they won't make a stand. As soon as I roll out another dessert, <laughs> they drop like the dog with a bun. They drop the fucking... Well, no, I think there are two choices in front of me here. I know, but each new choice. You drop cake for cookie, cookie for pie, pie for ice cream. Well, I don't think anything's going to make me drop ice cream. <laughs> it's delicious. I'm with pie in the end here. I'm going all the way with pie, Ron. What kind of pie, though? Pumpkin pie. Any time of the At year. At Thanksgiving what? is the yeah, only time. I love it. I'll get store-bought, homemade. I love pumpkin pie. And you're going to wait. June 13th, you're going to sit down and eat a pumpkin pie. Why the hell not? That's insane to me. No, thank you. That's insane. Well, why don't you just uh, rewrite history then? Forget <laughs> Thanksgiving and what it means.
Hicks, what is the perfect? Uh, I mean, he's going pumpkin to pie is the perfect dessert. There's only one day of the year he's going to be happy in a restaurant. <laughs> yeah, really. Come on. Because you're not going to be sitting around in June and get a slice of pumpkin pie. No. That's why I make my own. Uh, here is Sean. Sean, what is the perfect dessert? Uh, it's a tie for me between key lime pie and a good banana pudding. All right. First of all, you can't have a tie in this. No. Now, key lime uh, pie is interesting pie. because there's two things in life that when they're made perfectly, they're great. And when they're not, they suck balls. And that's a key lime pie and then, of course, a cheesecake. Oh. Now, a cheesecake, the further away you get from Brooklyn, the more you struggle with a cheesecake. Where there are some parts in the country you'll say, I'll have a cheesecake, and it's like fucking jello. It's oh. not even real at all. What the fuck? Like, no. it's, there's nothing cakey about it. What? And that's in a lot of these um, fucking restaurants. They're not like fast food, but they're up a fucking spot. Like the Ruby Tuesdays. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh, those where places are terrible. Yeah, where well, you're still going, all right, it was awful, but it's $9, so I guess I'll just Fucking eat chain diners. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, Tim, you're on a fez. Hey, so guys. Yeah, cheesecake is the best. Can't go wrong with cheesecake. Faneuil <laughs> Hall in Boston, well, fantastic. Yeah, you can go wrong because a lot of people don't know. Uh-oh, speaking of cheesecake, look at these girlfriend pictures here. <laughs> Who's Tits McGee that she's hanging out with? Uh, <laughs> that was one of her abroad friends. I don't yeah, think that, yeah, no kidding, that's abroad. Friend, that's abroad. <laughs> Those two made out, too. Look at the way they're sitting up. <laughs> now, by the way, it looks like the first day they're in the sun. I mean, that's a David Bowie tan, yeah. dude. <laughs> that chick needs to be... Getting a little snooky time for herself. Yeah, she doesn't tan well. Spray though. on. What she do? Just burn? Pretty much. It's right. quite amusing. Um, Richard, you're on a fez. Ronnie, it's definitely a Boston cream pie. You got your cakiness, some pudding, a little bit, and some icing all together. It's delicious. I'm now, curious. it's a rare thing to run across a Boston cream pie, but everything Richard said here was absolutely true. I think I've only had the donut. I'm not sure if I've even had the pie. Fuck the donut. <laughs> um, it can be, it can be uh, amazing. But it's a rare thing to run again. You know, I'm going to say this about most of these desserts that we're talking about, including the pumpkin pie. I mean, other than my mom, I'm kind of hesitant with most places. For I don't think I would order a pumpkin pie unless it was homemade. Mm -mm. I don't want some really? store. You going, oh, I'll just go down in a fucking supermarket and get a pumpkin pie. I've oh, actually had some good story about pumpkin pies. Gabe, that makes me now uh, <laughs> question everything that you've ever told me. And I wonder if you'll ever make it as a sitcom writer. No, it's about the pumpkin pie stories? I mean, Jesus Christ. Yes, the fact that he'll go to a supermarket pumpkin pie and be happy with it. Um, Mike, Mike, you're on the fez. Yeah, chocolate mousse. It's not Get pudding. Out. Uh, ice cream is Ew. not. Oh, oh, Jesus! <laughs> what oh, did you say, Mike? God. Oh, he hung up. Why is it? Why did you say that? Disgusting. Oh, awful. Christ Almighty. Chocolate mousse. It's everything that's wrong with the world. Give me a feces burger instead. Oh, please. Give me two. <laughs> Pile, take the, shit, take the shit burgers and wrap masking tape around it and I'd eat it before it. Not that I'm saying I wouldn't eat chocolate mousse, but it's fucking. <laughs> uh, it's pedestrian. Pedestrian. Oh. 
Stupid. I hate it. Waste of a dessert. Fuck that. Um, David, you're a Fez. Hey, uh, a dozen heated up Krispy Kreme donuts with a half stick of butter on it. Well, first of all, you're retarded. Second of all, <laughs> the fresh Krispy Kreme is an amazing thing. And... It was better when they were just in the south. They moved some up north. I don't think there was They were good. everywhere there for a while. And Ooh. if I'm going to talk about Krispy Kreme, it's just the classic. I don't need a jelly one or whatever. But you have to get there when the lad is on and they are fresh. When I lived in Florida, there was a Krispy Kreme place that if I was driving through, I saw the light go on, I would fucking pull in. <laughs> I would just pull 90, fu- yeah, no, 90, <laughs> ah, run in. And I'm not even kidding you. I go by it one morning. The entire front window was taken out by somebody driving in fast and smashing through. <laughs> and I thought it was just amazing. And then when people said, uh, oh, we're moving them all over the country, I thought it fell off a little bit. But a Krispy Kreme will also, like, if you eat those donuts, you have to take the rest of the day off. Because you can't go around and move like a human being. Um, You shouldn't be able to drive on them. (laughs) They're the same as Oxys. There's no real difference. Uh, Todd, you're on running fizz. Todd. Hello. What do you got for me, buddy? Hey, buddy. So let's talk about dessert. I could really go for a pecan pie. Man, there's something about pecan pie. It's just fantastic. I'm going to say the same thing if it's a homemade one. And I'm down south. Uh, yeah, I think it can be very good. But I don't want to go walking around like that. I'm not going to trust some fucking diner. I'm going to go over and take a look at it. I, never, I don't think I've even had a pecan pie. I'm not sure what a pecan is. It's a can that you piss in at night so you don't have to get up. That's what a pecan is. <laughs> a pecan is something totally oh. different. <laughs> Bruce and Phil, you're on a fez. Hey, uh, I'm going to end this conversation right here. to one dessert, and that's the Ronnie Big... B cupcake from Molly's in Chicago. It's very, very good. Uh, it's done extremely well, and it's based on some of the tasty cake flavors from when I was a child. So good. They've taken the peanut butter candy cake mm. and the butterscotch crimp it mm. and moved it into just perfectness. Uh, Mike, Mike, you're on running fast. As far as I got a dessert that will make a puppy full of freight train. Uh, my mom, we live out in Tennessee, and she makes the best. But I you your life. Mike, I would sit there at your mother's table and enjoy some with you. Now, there's something weird that takes place in New York City. And I don't know why, but every cupcake place has to have banana pudding as well. And yeah. it's very expensive. Really? Isn't that yeah, if you're going to get a tub of it, it's like 40, 50 bucks. What the fuck for a tub what? of banana pudding is 50 bucks? Do you know anything at all about what it takes to make this? No, I'm not. What are you fucking panicking about? I'm not a tub artisan or whatever. I don't know. Wait, say the word again. Tub artisan? I believe that you are. (laughs) Where are you on banana pudding? I love it. It's delicious. So you're dropping the ice cream? No, it's not going to be my ice cream. No, I like it. I can like other things, but number one is ice cream. What what flavor for ice cream? Oh, strawberry. You're a girl. Girl, it's delicious. Only a girl eats strawberry ice cream. Oh, come on. No. That's a girl flavor. I'm all man. I'm all man. Where are you on a banana pudding game? Uh, I don't think I've ever had it before, to be honest. Too much. What do you eat? Fucking uh, flamenco slaw? Is that it? You get some. <laughs> you show up at a fucking tapas restaurant. You like tapas food? Uh, 
kind of it's better when you go with a group though, because the whole point is that you're sharing with other people. So if you go one or two people, not as fun. Let me tell you something. Go with me, and you'll share more than you fucking know. I'll I'll lay those little tapas plates out all over. <laughs> I order like I'm ordering for thirty in those spots. That's delicious. Yeah, I love Spanish food now. Oh. Love it. That's her all dressed up? Yeah, this is her. What the fuck? Hey, she looks like she's in the Mummers Parade. Yeah. <laughs> what is she, in the fancy division? Look at her. <laughs> I never saw anyone take flamenco dancing so serious. Yeah, she's she's hardcore. All right, somebody just wrote to me, I hate glazed donuts. What? Uh, that doesn't make any sense. How do, do you that. live? How do you live on the planet Earth? Uh, Dan, you're on Runafest. Hey, buddies. Hey, I'm going to let uh, your listeners into a little secret I've had at my house for a while, and hopefully it doesn't catch on like wildfire, because then I'll be really fucking pissed that I didn't uh, send this to a major company. But uh, you take a couple of waffles, toast them off, uh, pull them out of the toaster, let them cool, and then um, basically stuff, make a sandwich with your favorite ice cream with the waffles. It is fucking well, ridiculously Dan, good. I, and I, yes. In your mind, you invented this. Um, I probably didn't invent it. It's existed on the boardwalks for a million years. Well, I, I'm a fucking uh, a native Floridian, so I don't. I haven't traveled the uh, the country very much, and and maybe it's just in my mind, I fucking you never see it anywhere. You never it's see it in a state restaurant. fairs. It's in the Wildwood Boardwalk. It's everywhere. Well, how come you can't go to a fucking restaurant and fucking order it? Because you're in ever. Florida, and the early bird specials <laughs> done at four. I don't even know why I attack people because old people live there. That's right, four o'clock. You go into a restaurant at four thirty, five o'clock, and it's just fucking packed. Go, go in at eight o'clock at night, and you're like, "I'm sorry, we're closed." What? Yeah, they. Is this that many old people? Live they down get there? the bed early down there. Come on, guys. I'm not. What? Uh, Come on, keep up. Keep up a little bit. Come on. It's got to be happy hour. How's this guy acting like he came up with ice cream and waffles? <laughs> and he's going, why is it on a thing? Because it's an ice cream sandwich. Who's going to put that on their dessert menu? <laughs> Where are you guys on the ISIS? I call them water ice. You people, you fucking heathens, call them Italian ISIS. Yeah, Italian ISIS. Uh, it's not going to be pumpkin pie, but... Um, Do you I'll... like a nice water ice, though? Yeah, yeah. Because it seems like, you know... <laughs> Italian ice. What has that been? Where, you know where it was invented, right? No. Philadelphia. That's where it comes out of. Really? And okay. that's where the, the actual name was water ice. Is it? Because it's watery ice. Water ice. <laughs> or water ice. I actually went to the, the Ice King down in uh, Corona, Queens. Mm. I think that's where he is. Mm. And uh, I remember I love getting the bubblegum flavor. Bubblegum? Yeah. It has little chunks of... I, I, I know, know exactly bazooka. the one that you're talking about. It's delicious. Yeah. Go lemon. You like lemon ices... <laughs> Yeah, and strawberry. Yeah. These are girl things. Get the you, get out of here. A Come girl. On. Look, when what's a guy's wrong getting, with the lemon ice? It's delicious and tart. Because this is how you say it. I'll have lemon. Well, I, I'll have a strawberry cone, <laughs> sugar cone. Thank you. <laughs> you and my mom could sit together. Fine. Have tiny little things. I love it. Like, how's that? How's that ice, Mrs. Bain? <laughs> uh. Uh, let's go over here to Mike. Mike, you're on my fence. Hey, Ronnie B. Yeah. I got to go with a nice tableside banana fosters flared right up for you there. Uh, you say that like we all go to Mad Men. This fucking thing <laughs> has... Seriously, the last time this that? was on a, a menu, Baked Alaska was your other choice. <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> 
That there's a guy who only goes to steakhouses. <laughs> there she is again. Yes, she's cute. Where'd you guys meet? Uh, we had a class together. I bet you did. Yeah. What was the class? Sex ed? No, actually, yeah, one one. <laughs> a, a Middle Eastern studies class of all oh. classes. Is it people working against the United States? Uh, well, they all know Arabic, so. What is your background? You're an Arab? No, actually, I'm. Uh, I'm not with the FBI. Just say no, what you no, are. I'm cool. not fucking serious. I ain't that's judging. Cool. Background check. <laughs> I'm actually a Spanish and sure Puerto Rican. Sure you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I understand. Spanish and Puerto Rican. Right. That's why you probably got a picture of the Ayatollah Khomeini <laughs> in your fucking pocket. You take everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could be an Arab. It doesn't matter to me. Oh yeah, I've been confused as a, a Jewish Arab. Someone thought I was Persian, so. Persia doesn't Same even thing. exist anymore. No, nah, it does in my mind. They're yeah. still fighting with the Greeks as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Mike, Mike, you're on Fez. Mike in Jersey. Hello? Yeah, how are you? Hey, uh, chocolate lava cake. It's too much chocolate for me. I think you're going to uh, be... I don't like chocolate on chocolate. On it starts no, to get no, ridiculous. No, yeah, I need, I need, I'm fucking mixed up here. Come what on. do you like? Vanilla? Ah, vanilla and strawberry. Yeah, I like vanilla too. Sure, vanilla, nothing wrong with vanilla strawberry ice cream. I don't know what do you do. You go and change your tampon and enjoy the rest of the no, night? No, I have a cock. I don't need a tampon. Oh, all right. Then let, let me apologize. Okay. If I came on a little too strong there by assuming, I just thought that I was doing a show today with Fez out sick with an Arab and a woman. That's all. <laughs> oh, man. I'm not Arab. Oh, that's right. Uh, James, you're on Fez. Hey, Ron, it's definitely not an everyday thing, but after a really good meal at a nice restaurant, instead of the rice pudding like Dave would probably want me oh, to get. Oh, God, Dave is a rice pudding animal. Yeah, nothing better than a really good cheese plate. It's got to be a good restaurant, though. The funny thing is this is, now, a lot of people are even eating this after dessert, not even, like, you know, instead of dessert. Yeah. 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 And uh, I've already ate a whole meal. I'd rather have my cheese up front. Yeah, you, well, you, I've always felt that was an appetizer of some sort. Yeah, no, not anymore. Come on. James is, no, James is dead on. He is dead right. I see this happening. Now, a lot of people, a lot of men are doing this because there's so many fucking diabetics. So everyone's sitting around having some dessert and coffee, and they're like, I have a cheese plate. And you're like, what? And they're like, I'm a diabetic. And I go, why don't you tell me? We just never would have came out to eat. <laughs> I don't have to sit around. And, you know, some of the cheese now, I mean, it's so stinky. I mean, it's just like disgusting stink cheese, and it's delicious. <laughs> but it smells like someone died. Kick him off the table, then. Tell him to go in the corner. Fucking enjoy some fucking stink cheese. You're ruining everyone else's experience with your terrible cheese. By the way, let me also say this. When you go out to dinner with Mr. Chris Stanley, <laughs> um, and part of dinner is conversation. But Chris Stanley, when he's drinking, doesn't have a word to say to anybody about anything else. Uh, 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 other than the occasional, he lifts his glass and goes, uh, to the fucking girl. It's not so if, if you're paying, obviously Chris is going to be drinking and drinking hard. But you will not have any dinner conversation whatsoever. I don't know. I just, you know, when the fucking free scotch is flowing. He also, and he and Dave share this. They order a cocktail along with a beer. So they order two well, every her. time. Chase it. Have a sip of some fucking shivers. 
And not a word out of Budweiser. Not a word out of them. It's not good dinner. Who's going to enjoy that? I'm enjoying myself. That one fucking <laughs> alcoholic. <laughs> one alcoholic's having the time of his life. Uh, Blake, Toronto, you're in Fez. Yeah, best dessert ever. Uh, peanut butter cheesecake with an Oreo cookie crumb. Oh, wow. I, you must be calling from hillbilly fucking country. Because... <laughs> Why would someone want to fuck with a perfect cheesecake? That's like a TGI Fridays. And, and yeah, it is. It's some kind of bullshit TGI Fridays. What kind of palateless place are you calling from, Blake? Well, I live north of uh, Toronto in the in oh. Muskoka. Oh. Right. So you like that better than back bacon? Uh, no. Right. I'll got... take back bacon on a plate with ice cream any day. Ice cream and maple syrup. Uh, Blake, no offense on the peanut butter uh, cheesecake, but you got suburban taste for shit. Yeah. <laughs> Paul, you're on my fess. Paul, we got you, buddy? Missed you. Uh, here's uh, Hundy in Ohio. You're on my fess. Hi, Ron. How are you? Good. I think a light tiramisu... It's just perfect. Tiramisu is... It got so overdone there for a while, and I honestly think there's a lot of better things on the menu. Well, you know, next year, coffee, a little tiramisu, it's perfect. You like it? No, I'm not Because you have that uh, that girl taste about You've got feminine qualities. I got man (laughs) No, but with dessert, you have feminine qualities. (laughs) I don't see uh, strawberry uh, ice cream... Or lemon Italian ice is, is feminine. That, it's yeah, something that women lemon. always order. Take a look around. I'll do. I'll do a survey. You're never going to see a guy with a strawberry ice cream. No, it's delicious. Try it sometime. We've all tried it. We went, <laughs> went like this. Oh, that clashes with my balls. No, it makes my balls feel just fine. Oh, you rub some on there? Sure. Sometimes balls get hot. You're disgusting when you start to talk that way. <laughs> sometimes you just really freak me out. Um. You said Paul was calling today? Yeah. What for? Well, Oscar talk, Ronnie B. Does he even see the movies anymore? He sees parts of them, I'm sure. Mm. Trailers, at the very least. Uh, Chef Darren, you're on Ronnie Fez. Hey, Ronnie. Um, how about a whole vanilla bean creme brulee? Interesting. You've now, got my, atti- you've now got my full attention. I would like to eat a, a creme brulee with Robert Goulet, just the two of us together. I'd be sick. Yeah, I think he's dead, so that would be really scary. Uh, whole vanilla bean creme boulet. Very interesting, Darren. Thank you. Is this something you invented yourself, or is it out there? No, it's a classic French recipe. What they do is you scrape the vanilla bean, and when you're making the cream, you cook the cream with the whole vanilla bean so you really get the essence of the vanilla into it. See, the creme brulee, you would like, Hicks, because it's a very feminine little thing. It's a very tiny, but I do like a little taste, no matter really? what's happening. How is the creme brulee But it's made feminine? with a blowtorch, so it's very masculine. Yeah, but it's such a, just a delicate little thing. You're just crunching at it with your little spoon. Oh, it sounds delicious. Oh, you never had one? No, I never had one. You don't like French food? I've never really been to a French restaurant. You know. live in New York City. Yeah, I've been, I've been nowhere. Come on, I'm fucking, I'm a bum. I saved up. I went to one. Oh, congratulations. What the, was it flamenco night? Is that what you were doing there? I think it was just a lovely date with my girlfriend. Really? Actually, it was Valentine's Day last year. And then what'd you do after? Uh, exchanged gifts. She gave you something? 
We gave each other stuff, yes. What'd she give you? She actually, uh, she baked me, uh, and I'm a little embarrassed to say this, because you trashed it earlier, a uh, peanut butter cheesecake. In ah! <laughs> 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 in a bad relationship how was it i guess you said you liked it right oh it was all for me it was wonderful uh, why do people need to add fucking flavors like this you have a perfect dish what do you want to add peanut butter to peanut butter goes great with everything it doesn't make sense to me it doesn't to me um, you just you agreed with me and but, but, to disagree <laughs> it doesn't to me uh, Kathy, you're in my face. How about a warm, gooey brownie? You make it sound like some kind of dirty sex that you're having. Well, yeah, of course. Ugh. What? Uh, no, no? I'll, no, I will tell you the, the truth. I mean, obviously, you're not going to order a brownie when you go out to dinner. But at home, it's a nice, simple little thing. It's a nice thing to have. It's tasty. It is what is known to Hicks as comfort food. Now, I know that you're not familiar with that because we think of comfort food as our childhood and the comforting feelings that you would have from childhood. And since yours was a rage and a, and a fear house, a house of fear, I'm sure anything that reminds you of comfort food, you know, anything that reminds you of childhood just makes you cry and yell, oh, no, daddy's coming home. Oh, he's back. He's, he's been drinking liquor this time. Mm. Hope you guys fix. Jonathan, you're on a fez. Hey, what's going on, Ronnie? Good. I have two quick ones. Good s'mores. Right. And some Rice Krispie treats. All right. First of all, thanks for calling from the 1950s. <laughs> Second of all, a s'more. Now, you, you know what this yeah, is, right? Yeah, You're in Girl Scouts. No, okay. I'm all man, baby. <laughs> uh, maybe the first bite of it is good. After that, I got no more time for a s'mores. I've had a s'more in fucking years. Now, it's for children. <laughs> Same as a Rice Krispie treat. Now, I've had people tell me, you've never had my Rice Krispie treats. What? They're fantastic. I find them to be hideous, sticky, and at best it feels like you've just put a pacifier in your mouth. It kind of tastes like styrofoam almost when you're fucking. I know, and yet I've had people tell me, in all honesty, that they somehow make it better than other people, but I haven't had this yet. Now none of these things, even though I can, I can laugh at the kid for saying peanut butter cheesecake. Don't act like I won't grab a fork and try it. I've got. And, right. and if we right. got nothing else, I'm eating it. Mm-hmm. It's great. It was it was delicious. Look, once you've been accepted, stop. You know, you only it only yeah. get worse. Yeah. When you hit oil, you stop digging. You when when it comes up that you've been uh, accepted. Now I know when you're with the other interns, you can push them around. You're on top of the world. You're screaming at them. I'm going to produce TV shows one day. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck what you have to say. It's the general. But when you're with us and you're in over your head a little bit and you find that something you got get over, don't add to it. Just like, yeah, okay, good. It passed through. Let it lie. Yeah. I, I just feel like sitting in this room now, Morbid Angel is going to come in and do a fucking set. <laughs> uh, Nate, you're in Hey, buddies. Yeah. How about a nice slice of mincemeat pie for the men and some yogurt and granola for Hicks and the ladies? I'll eat some fucking yogurt and granola. Fuck it. Uh, I'm going to surprise you here. Uh, but 
uh, it can be delicious. There's some places that yeah. are great. Is that called like parfait or some bullshit like that? Mm. I don't know why they has to be two separate words. All right, this got sent to me. I didn't even think when I ordered it, but my Bananas Foster's ice cream uh, got me buzzed. Literally got buzzed. Only I would fuck up my sobriety on ice cream. Um, this happened to me one time as someone gave me fruit. They oh. had soaked <laughs> a watermelon vodka. in vodka. I popped it in my mouth and had to spit. Immediately oh, before I went on, you know, who would do that before the beast is back? Yeah. Doesn't matter who would do it; it happens. Yeah. But you do have to be very careful if you're trying to be sober. And you would think they would have to tell you in a restaurant, "Hey, this is with liquor," because there's a lot of people who don't want liquor, but uh, they do it all the time. That's scary. Um, I even had it happen on a tasting menu, and. Uh, we had to say, wait, by the way, is that with alcohol? Oh, let me check. Yes. <laughs> wait, you're going to fucking bring up peanuts to me seven different yeah, times? Yeah, there's food allergies all there fucking freaked out over, but not alcohol. All this got started because Hicks loved his uh, little dessert that he had today mm -hmm. from F.H. Riley's. That's right, some delicious cupcakes. It's the only five-star restaurant on Long Island. As a matter of fact, the other ones are probably one at best. Yeah. F.H. Riley's dominates. You ever been out on Long Island? I've been a couple times. They're not known for their food. Uh-uh. They're known for, I don't know, Xanax. Was oh, that right? I had a lot of fucking Xanax. I didn't know this. I didn't know this about it. I told you, I run in a sober pack where you are, you know, people that you run with now are, you know, fucking drugstore cowboys. You're fucking going to the pharmacies in the middle of the night, kicking in windows. There's some degenerates I associate with. Sure. He stole morphine off a cancer patient. Pulled it out of her fucking hands. Oh, Chris, how could you? She had face cancer and he high. fucking blessed her in the jaw. <laughs> she had coming. Really? Because I don't think she did. It's not my fault I was there. Yeah, it's exactly oh. your fault. <laughs> There's no one else's fault that it could be. All right, well, I'll just say that then. Dave, you're on Hey, Ron. How about uh, a flan with a nice double espresso after a beautiful meal? Um, you know, the flan thing has passed for me. Um, I know that there was a short period of time where we all acted like flan was delicious. And don't get me wrong. If we went out and Gabe orders, you know, we're at the flamenco place and he orders some flan, I'm going to go like this. So I'm going to head over with the spoon <laughs> and make sure I get a taste. But I don't want a whole plate of flan. I never enjoyed flan. Ever, really. Well, these look weird to me. Slimy. Maybe it was just because it was all store-bought flan in my house. My dad loves store-bought flan. I don't get it. He couldn't get enough of it. That and a fucking Meister Brow. And that was his fucking afternoon. Meister Brow and Acme Flan. Yeah. What was the your dad's first name? John. John? John. He didn't have a nickname he used to rock by? Not that I know of, no. He did hang out with a guy named Peppy, though. I think that was a, a nickname. It's weird when your parents have a friend, right? <laughs> it's like, bizarre. Yeah. I don't. Uh, it was always weird when it's, what, wait, other people, other adults are coming over? Yeah, this it's just strange. fucking nuts. You're like, well, why would we invite them over? They don't even have kids. <laughs> well, I'm heading out with Peppy. What? What? Heading out? You're a fucking man. <laughs> Stay home and fucking mow things. We're going to go hang out Hammer. in the corner. Some fucking tall boys. Me and Peppy are going to Vegas for three days. <laughs> what? Responsibilities? 
these uh, two fathers in my neighborhood, they went out. Well, they were with the fucking uh, women, and they got all fucked up at some Chinese restaurant. <laughs> they were drunk off their asses. And when they walked up, nobody was at the register, and they fucking hit the thing and grabbed the cash out. And got <laughs> fucking pop for it. And they were just like my friend's dads. And it was like the first time uh, that I thought to myself, um, where the fuck do I live that <laughs> shit like this could happen? And I was even thinking, you know, like I'm in like fucking fourth grade or something. I'm like, that's too stupid for me to even do. What's happening? And the one guy used to be a cop and the other one owned a fucking store. And they're just fucking ripping off this piss drunk. Well, here's the thing. They didn't even set out for it. Like, yeah. It was just like... Like a fucking kid would do. Like no one's around. Yeah, I'm it's an opportunity. Yeah. So they just fucking hit. They started running. Let's go. And got like you know their fucking plates were taken or whatever. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, like no Chinaman was gonna stop them. All right, Polo wants to talk uh, a little movies with me. Should we break first, or uh, we need a break first, or what are we gonna do? Um, you don't have to break first. Yeah, right, let's go movie talk with Polo. From the legendary Wannafest Studios in a predominantly white neighborhood, Wannafest presents Showtime with the Polo. Showtime with the Polo. It's Oscar week. Polo, your life's a movie. Polo, your life's a movie. How are you guys? How are you doing today, Paul? Okay, good, good. I know you haven't seen a lot of movies this year. You've kind of given up on movies. Who are you writing for now, Paul? Are you still writing for the gay newspaper? <laughs> no. I mean, uh, honestly, I, I, I have been not happy with uh, a lot of the movies that come out. I mean, a lot of the movies are getting worse and worse and worse. We have a good year, though, as far as Oscars go. It's a good year. A, a sus, you know, rose to the top. The cream rose to the top. But the, just generally, it's horrible, you know, going to the movies. So sometimes the cream falls to the bottom. And it's not supposed to. All right, so do you want to do a, like a pick'em, uh, you against Chris Stanley? Uh, well, pick'ems are, are, are fine. I mean, I, I, I will say this right up front, though. I'm just glad that there are an Oscars because, you know, as I say, the quality goes down, and it, it, it's good that somebody cares. And But the problem with the Oscars, the whole pick'em thing Hold is— Hold on for one second. got to take a phone call from Donald Rumsfeld. <gasps> I was a king. I can do anything. All right, go ahead, Paul. What were you saying? Yeah, yeah. no problem. And, uh, yeah, sure, Pickham's good. All right, what we could do is one of those who's going to win and then who I want to win things, like one of those shows that do it. Got it. Uh, Let's go Best Supporting Actor. Do you guys know who everybody is that's part of Best Supporting Actor? Who's going to win, Paul, and who do you want to win? It's starting to get close, but I, Christian Bale, I want to win, and he should win. Uh, what about for you? Bale is going to win, mm-hmm. and I want Jeremy Renner from The Town to win. I like that movie. I that liked him surprises in it. me. Uh, I liked The Town, too, and I thought he was very good in it, but yeah. I don't think he was as good as Christian Bale. No, but I know Bale's going to win. He's going to fucking take it. And there's there's a lot of sentiment that the King's uh, speech has is, is got all the momentum, so Jeffrey Rush is you know in the mix. And, you know, frankly, he's just doing Jeffrey Rush. Yeah, he did kind of just act like an Australian living in England, and I think that is him. Yeah, so it's not like, okay. He's this would be like Ron Bennington winning for the Ron Bennington story. It seems like it's cheating. Right. All right, Best Supporting Actress. Uh, let's let Hicks go first. Uh, Haley Steinfeld from uh, True Grit will win, and I want her to win. 
Uh, let's go to Paul O now. Yeah, uh, Melissa Leo came in uh, for you know with a lot of awards, a lot of the picks. Then apparently there's all of this insider info that her Oscar, her her self-funded Oscar ads have totally sabotaged her because they they got her in fur coats and 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 evening gowns and you know it's like consider Melissa Leo. Um, so yeah, that now the sentiment is going with Hallie uh, Steinfeld. I still pick her as the one I wanted to win. And who's going to win? I'm I'm gonna you know what I I'm still gonna say she's gonna win despite everything. It's really funny that I didn't see these pictures and then neither did you, and yet we've all heard these stories. We all know that this happened, <laughs> and we don't know why. Well, the pictures are fairly tasteful looking, but they kind of seem desperate, and they kind of go against what she's about. She's always been the scrappy, unattractive underdog. Uh, Melissa Leo has never been a glam-type actress, and this is what the ads are. They're super glam. She's mm-hmm. in this huge, full-length mink coat, this, you know, and she's showing... She's like Ellie Mae Clampett, suddenly. Yeah, it, it, it just goes opposite to what she is, and I mean, opposite, quite frankly, to what the performance is, which is a very gritty, down-to-earth, rootsy... You know, middle class, not even middle class, lower middle Upper class. Upper middle class. Like, yeah, no, but you know what I'm saying. It just, Compared to it Hicks. It doesn't jive at all. It's he like, looks okay. at the fighter and would love to grow up like that. Like, shit. <laughs> I know. There's a toilet in that house. By the way, all seven of those sisters should have won. <laughs> just for saying that, that that girl looked like an MTV girl. Um, all right, let's go on to the big prize. Best animated feature film. Ooh. Uh, it's How to Train Your Dragon, Illusionist, and Toy Story 3. Who's going to win, Polo? All right. Uh, it seems like the obvious pick is Toy Story 3. and that Is that why you're not taking it? I, I, I mean, the Illusionist is actually uh, the classy pick. Mm-hmm. That would be the one that I would want to pick because it is... It is a, a, it's a homage to an old-style foreign film director, Jacques Tati. It's, a, it's also a, a, they've done some great By the work. way, Jacques Tati is also a dessert that Hicks loves. <laughs> so it, it is a classy film that nobody's seen. Toy Story 3 is probably going to win. I don't want it to win. I hate it. I, I'd rather see Tangled win. I'm going to say what should win is a man named Flintstone, because that is a fucking phenomenal. Yes. Uh, Hicks, the three? Toy Story, yeah, Toy Story three. There's no why. Why is even another fucking anything else in the category? It's going to dominate. And I was not all. I never saw it, but then the director came by and says he listens to our show. So I'm like, no, I love it. <laughs> um, all right, best actress I think is going to be an exciting time of the night. Um, Hicks, who's going to win? Who should win? I think Natalie Portman will win it. I don't want her to. Because I, I wasn't a big fan of that movie. I mean, it was okay, but whatever. Yeah. And Michelle Williams. I'd, I'd want to see Michelle Williams win. I love Michelle time. Williams. Yeah, she's good. She never gets talked about a lot, and I adore that girl. Uh, Paul, what about for you? Okay, uh, Michelle Williams is a great performance, no question. It doesn't have a chance in hell of winning. Come on! It just doesn't have a chance in hell. I mean, that's the, you know, that's not even the point. But I, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of the the pretty girl winning all the time, which has been a lot lately in the last ten to fifteen years. You sure, know, the pretty, the pretty girl was Natalie Portman is is technically the pretty girl this year. Uh, but frankly, she gave the best performance. I mean, Annette Benning's performance is the closest contender. She didn't wear her makeup. Everybody loved that about her. 
Rabbit Hole, uh, Hicks. I, I didn't see Rabbit Hole. There no. was a scene in it. Nicole Kidman had this two-headed dildo, and she would go like this. It, it goes in my asshole, and it goes in my cunt. It goes in my asshole, and it goes in my cunt. It goes in my asshole, and it goes in my cunt. That scene went on, and I'm not making this up, for 47 minutes. And the place was going crazy. There wasn't a dry seat in the house. People were just fucking what? Letting it loose. Yeah. Goes in my asshole and it goes in my cunt, and it was really, you know, it was kind of one of those things where she's taking her image and just taking it somewhere else now. Like that's gone. You know, I'm not with Tom Cruise anymore. Can't believe 47 I'm, minutes. I'm, it's almost like she said to herself, "I'm going to fuck a two-headed dildo for almost an hour." That's what she did. So, uh, who are we giving it to? Black Swan. Both. Everybody. Yeah, she's gonna win. All right. Uh, best actor. I'm gonna say I'm gonna go upset, and Jesse Eisenberg will win for wow. the Social Network. The place will go crazy if he does. Yeah, it'll the place will blow up, and they want and but I want James Franco to win because just the host winning the Oscar would be fucking. That would be funny. Yeah. Uh, what about for you? All right, it's a strong category. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I was saying before, King's Speech has got a very big momentum mm-hmm. uh, going on. But the one award, the only award, frankly, that I'm, I'm really interested in seeing it win is for Colin Firth. I mean, his, his is the kind of performance that Oscars were made for. It really just everything he deserves. Big A does this every day. Nobody cares. Yeah, I mean, you know, he does a great performance every year, but this is probably one of his very best performances, and it is an amazing performance. So I'll go with that. There was a scene in that he stuttered, but he had a two-headed dildo, and he was going, it goes in my asshole, it goes in my dick hole. It goes in my asshole, it goes in my dick hole. And that was six and a half hours. And the director's cut. I only see director's cuts. Jesus. I've always said when I'm going into a place, is this a director's cut? And if it isn't, I'll just go, then I'm leaving. How big was his dick hole? I mean, it's nobody's on. business. Right, sorry. Plus, there's children walking by now while you're saying that. Why don't you at least play it cool? Stop it, seriously. It's a place of professional business. What would be really great is if Jesse Eisenberg wins and he's not there and they just say, accepting for Mr. Eisenberg is Michael Sarah." <laughs> oh, that'd piss him off. Uh, and if Jeff Bridges wins, no, the place is just going to go wild. My favorite Jeff Bridges film, no one ever brings it up, but the Bridges of Madison County, and he and his brother were in it together. <laughs> so that would be... <laughs> goes in our asshole, goes in our dick hole, goes in our asshole, goes in our dick hole. Something like that. All right, best director. And this is also a toss-up now, right? Everybody had yeah. it lined up that it was going to be social network, but it may be something different. Yeah, it's it's a tough category because every director, is, well, almost every director is every. In. No, not every. No, I'm not going to go with Tom Hooper. Sorry. Just um, not gonna... <laughs> you didn't. You didn't like that film. I'm not saying I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that it doesn't overwhelm me, and there's problems with it from from every angle that I look at it. What's your uh, big problem with King's Speech? Because that I, seems to historically be historically, it's it's got issues. It's also you know, and so does the fighter, and so does Social Network. And all these things are not, you know, they're not truth. So yeah, what? Yeah, okay. Well, it's a movie. Okay, okay. Batman wasn't real, so fucking make sure that doesn't win anything. 
<laughs> okay, it also is it's the Weinsteins, and they're catering to the big Oscar crowd because let's face it, that is you know they know their they know their business, they know the Oscar business, and that's what they put together is an Oscar movie, and it's kind of you know it's kind of screams ingenuous. Every year we have a historical British film, and that's happened for a long, long time. Every year there's a bunch of British people that don't move around. They, like, put a fucking table out in the lawn. Somebody touches someone on the back of someone else's hand, and we're supposed to believe that they should be together, and they're not. And, like, you look over, and you're like, what the fuck am I watching? And you look over, and then your chick is crying. You're like, what did I miss? And she's eating strawberry ice cream. Why do they do that? Someone with strawberry ice cream. Yeah, I've taken to hating the British lately, anyhow. Well, why? Because of the Beatles? No, it's a personal matter. What happened? Oh, because you're, the British stole your ex-wife away. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and you said that right now they're banging her with, a, with an uncut cock. That's right. That's what's happening. She's never come back from there? Uh, I, I, I really have totally distanced myself from the situation. And yet she's still the love of your life. You're still bringing no, no, her no, up. No, 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 no. But it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't change the fact that I was an Anglophile for many years, and yet I've always ignored the fact that there are really only two types of British people. There's, you know, street scum and arrogant twats. Mm-hmm. Where does Elton John fall into that? Um, oh, he's separate. He's a special case. See, so that's yes. already three. That quickly. <laughs> Because he met his ex-wife in an Elton John chat room. Don't here. He should be street scum. It's like, don't you like Benny and the Jets? Good song. Well, who would be in a fucking Elton John chat room? I really like when he plays the piano. Me too. Write to me. It's a fucking stupid way to spend the night. I understand. Want some bootlegs? I bet Bernie Taupin is really a nice guy. I don't know. Do you know that Bernie Taupin has one of the the most uh, successful prize-winning uh, champion bulls yeah, I did. in the world? But, thanks for listening to the show. I just talked about that for 45 <laughs> minutes in the first break. Yeah, come on. Sorry. Yeah, Taupin bulls. <laughs> Sorry, okay. Um, so what is your best director and best picture, Paul? All right, uh, best director, um, I think Fincher... Uh, despite the, how great the competition is, is the best director this year. Okay. And uh, as far as who's going, I mean, who I want to win, um, I would say, as far as best picture, who I want to win, I'll, I'll go with the Social Network, even though it's it's it is a tough call. You, here's my I, problem. Uh, I'm a big fan of D- David Fincher, and this probably isn't one of even the top three, maybe even the top five films of mine that he does. That's why I think he's going to win. I think he will win it. Why do they give people stuff <laughs> for the know. wrong film? I don't know. Well, part of you it is... You know. If, if he, You're if just not does, telling me. <laughs> if, if he does some good films and then, you know, and they don't get awards, then people do feel like he's been cheated and then they do want to vote. Don't, don't cheat them! Right, I'm going to ask you this, Hicks. Do you watch the Independent Movie Awards the day before? Uh, no, I, just I never check, miss I them. Check, uh... They do it on the beach in a tent, and they walk in in their jeans, and it's a fucking <laughs> great award show. And then the next day, those same people are all dressed up like, I'm Hoity Toity from Hollywood. Come on. I'm like, I saw you yesterday in Santa Monica smoking a fucking joint out on a pier. <laughs> uh, some people want to talk to Paul O about the Oscars. Any Oscar talk, 866 Ron Zero Fez, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, here is uh, Steve. Steve in the sea. 
Yeah, you know, unlike Paulo, I love the pretty girl who win Best Actress, especially when the pretty girl gets her pussy eaten out by another pretty girl like Myla Kuchnis, yeah, who then wiped her mouth on the back of her hand when she was finished. That was so fucking hot. Mm. Exactly, yeah, and that's, that's why Natalie Portman deserves her Oscar this year. Well, I think the other girl deserves it. <laughs> What's her name? Mila Kunis. I like that girl a lot. I think she's gorgeous. She's great. She well, done McCully, though. Good. Good move. Now that things are going her <laughs> yeah, way, really. she's off the fucking TV show. Why is she hanging out with Home Alone? Uh, Paula, why didn't she get nominated when she's so adorable? <laughs> There's only so many freaking nominations She got nominated there. for the Globes. Yeah, but well, they got more nominations. The Saggies her. gave her a nomination. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, you know, the Oscars went with 10 for for the best picture, but that's it. They all all you ever do is protect Oscar any I, fucking way you can. I I'm, I'm just saying the Globes are a joke and uh, so that's why they can nominate people like Kunis. Uh John you're on Fez. Hey Ron, uh I want to make two points. First of all, how how is it possible that Toy Story 3 won't win best animated picture? If it doesn't win, that means one of the other animated pictures should have been up for best picture. Well, What's he talking about? Well, Toy Story 3 is nominated for Best Picture. And it's, it's, yes. if it's not the best animated film, then why? There's still a man called Flintstone, and I can still <laughs> win. Uh, no one cares about the Cartoon Award, do they? I don't think anyone's going to sit there going, oh, my God, they drew so much better. Oh, finally. Hicks, you can still sit around watching cartoons, right? Yeah, I still, I still catch, catch, yeah, catch cartoons. Yes, I, I, I like adults. I kind of find it painful. Even like your South Parks or whatever? I'll, I'll go watch the occasional South Park, and I'll laugh. You're right. It's not 100%. But I can't... Do you watch Family Guy? Uh, no, 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 no. Why not? Um, It's not good. And mm. after fucking South Park tore them apart, and then Seth MacFarlane never even responded, hysterical. Fuck them. Oh, you thought Seth needed to stand up for it. Yeah, Interesting. Easy, yeah, yeah. Kind of make it an East Coast, West Coast kind of a gangbang well, thing, but it. with cartoonists. Yeah, and Trey Matt would have just crushed him. He's in the fucking no talent compared to them. Oh, wow, that's rough. Ezra, you're on my face. Paulo, who are you kidding, man? Nicole's going to win that Oscar. Get it, get it, get it. Nicole. Nicole is obviously a, a, a favorite of the uh, of the uh, Hollywood elite, but, you know. Best cinematography, Paul, who's going to get it? Uh, best cinematography. Let's see. I guess I guess the King's speeches. This is a, that kind of award, but I probably would still give it to the social network. You give everything. Best well, sound editing? I'd say even Inception. What yeah. best sound editing? Who's gonna get it, Paul? Inception. Next. Inception. Lord and on and on. Great. Come on, where's the kick? All right, so it's gonna get all the visual type stuff, all those kind of awards. Yeah, I, I, Inception is still a fantastic movie. You know, Christopher Nolan got a best director nod, and you know, I mean, it is it is a major film this year, and so I know I, it is, I, Paul. I'm not saying it's not. Um, you know. Who's going to get uh, Best Documentary? <laughs> okay, well, this is always a tough category. I will go with uh, Warriors of Queen Gang. <laughs> it's not even there. What are you picking what? next? No, uh, what will win is Gasland, because it's about the fucking gas crisis or whatever, and Hollywood yeah. will do that. But obviously what I want to win is Exit to the Gift Shop. I actually think that's going to win. You really think it is? Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you something I'm actually mad about is I thought the Joan Rivers thing was an amazing documentary this year. Mm -hmm. It was my favorite. And the one that I hated 
more than anything else was the I'm faking that I met somebody online and driving to oh, see uh, them. Oh, crawfish or whatever. I can't remember the exact name. Crayfish. Crayfish, yeah. <laughs> I despise that. I saw one commercial for it and it was, what the fuck is this? Dude, I saw it in the fucking theater. <laughs> not only did I see it in the theater, but then the director walked up afterwards. I'm not even fucking making that up. That's really weird. And it was 4 o'clock in the afternoon or 5 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> When the movie started. Was it full? Was it a lot of people? No. There was about 25 of us. Maybe tops. Is that the Catfish movie? Catfish. Yeah, Catfish. Yeah, you know, the thing about that, too, is is I think one of those ABC uh, primetime shows practically showed the whole freaking movie one time. I guess, you know. I didn't even know what I was saying. (laughs) I fucking go there. The guy walks up and goes, so, any questions? (laughs) And, you know, he walks up with an usher and he goes, here's the director. And producer of Catfish. And they go, any questions? So I had no questions. I'm like, this is fucking annoying. I thought the movie was over. (laughs) The second question, somebody says to him, how do you like making a fake uh, thing like this? He starts getting mad, yelling back. Really? So I I go, wait. I'm saying to my check, wait, are they acting like this was true? I thought this was a mockumentary. I didn't even know for a second that it was supposed to be a real documentary that's how fucking fake it was. Christ. Well, it's just about a guy meeting a fake broad on the internet, right? That's, yes, yeah. which everybody yeah. else yeah. had already done in 1991. It's ridiculous. But that well, Joan I mean, Rivers I, thing was amazing. Yeah, it was. I mean, but you, uh, you know, she wasn't nominated this year. Poor, poor Joan Rivers is always getting crap, and that's what the, her documentary was all about, that, you know, she's always getting crap from everybody. Didn't she get crap this year because of the Super Bowl ad? I don't know what she got. Uh, Jim, you're on Fez. How you doing? Um, hey, I was wondering what you guys thought of uh, the Winner's Bone, and then uh, I thought that actress should probably, you know, maybe win that award. Well, that's the smallest movie that got all the big nominations, right, Paul? Everyone's right. shocked how many great nominations. Very early in got. the year. It's one of those movies that, you know, shows that Oscar really does care about movies. They always have one. They let you know that they, and then they don't give it anything. <laughs> that um, was that was probably the most uh just disturbing movie to watch, but it was really well done. Well, well it it's that whole Arkansas white trash uh thing and you know, I mean the, polo. the girl is a, a is a good performance on her part especially. Uh I will agree. And and of course John Hawks is good as well uh, as her I guess uncle. Well, he's actually still playing the same part that he played in uh, Eastbound and Down. All right. Yeah, and definitely everybody should rent it since they never watched it in the theaters. Uh, Ty Jarman, first. What's up, buddies? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I saw a crappy movie. It was Tron Legacy with the soundtrack, Daft Punk. What's going on? Uh, you got a well, this, yeah, you got Best Original Score and Best Original Song. Uh, what is the best song for you, Hicks? Oh man, I don't even. I just as long as fucking country country home doesn't win. That that was uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. I'm I I wouldn't care. Well, way. that's not. Uh, I'm gonna pick Randy Newman like I always do. All right. Uh, and in this week's uh, Ron Bennington interviews, with the Oscars with the great uh, Randy Newman who played live in our studio. Who else have we got? All right. What other got, Oscar winners have we got? We got Quentin. Quentin Tarantino, who won for Best Screenplay uh, for Pulp Fiction, I believe. Yep. Uh, who else? Uh, Ryan Bingham, who won last year for Best Song. Oh, I forgot about that. All right, that's interesting. Ryan Bingham won for Best Song. Uh, Sid, the great Sidney Pollock. 
the great Sidney Pollack, who won for Out of Africa, Paul? Uh, he did win for Out of Africa. I mean, but he had a great long career. I mean, at Tootsie, he had a lot of things. I mean, yeah. that, that as a producer or director, sure. And what else? And we got Robert Osborne, who is with part of the Academy. Um, Mr. Mr. TCM. You know, uh, and I've seen him speak so many times, and when he came in here, was the first time that I wasn't laying in bed. Normally, when I, <laughs> I, I never watch Turner Classic during the middle of the afternoon or at regular night. Yeah. But if I'm in bed, yeah, I'm going to fucking look at one of those classic films. And I love when he introduces them, and I love when he brings Alec Baldwin in. Alec, what did you think of the gowns in this? <laughs> and Alec's like, they were just spectacular. And I'm like, be careful, because I think Alec's after is after your gig. Oh, he'd love it. Yeah, he should get Jiminy Glick in there at some point. It's just stupid talk from the 90s that you're doing now, Paul. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I, I got a break Martin here. Short. I saw him the other day. He's still doing Jiminy Glick. No, he isn't. <laughs> he is. Where? His wife died, but he's got to pulling it back together. He's just he's just gained weight. He's not doing Jiminy Glick. He's <laughs> put on a couple Sorry. pounds. I didn't understand. Right, I'm going to let you go, Paula. All right. Have a great Oscar. Talk to you later. Oh, we're still buddies after all these years. Still buddies after all these years. I got to take this call right now. Okay. Um, it's from Donald Rumsfeld. I was a king. I can do anything. I know you can, Bob. I know you can. Wow. Really? Creepy. By the way, uh, I have been staying in touch with Fez Watley today. Oh. Nightmare life. Nightmare. Uh, stuff going on. But when we get back, uh, Mark Zito has a story for us about a woman in Florida who tried to stab her own roommate. And we'll talk roommates a little bit when we get back. Bad and good. And I know you've been through it yourself, Hicks. I've had 14 roommates in in, in one semester of college. I went through 14 and couldn't live with me. Semester is a half a year? Half a year, yeah. So in six months, 14 people. Yeah. In and out. Just like, I can't go with this. I can't be with this guy. Two Over two a month. That would just walk away. I don't know. Yeah. And sometimes people who didn't have housing would come, and I'd be like, a, they'd be like oh, man, you got a place for me? Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. Like, yeah, I got to get out of here. <laughs> no, I thanks. I can't be near you. Yeah. This this place is too weird. It's too fucking And that never out. made you feel bad about yourself. I don't care. I was doing them a favor for the people who didn't have a place. But yeah. for the other people, it's like, fuck it. You don't want to fucking, you don't want to fucking party? No, thanks. You'll find place in the dorms, buddy. Uh, here is a person who cares only about himself, Mr. Chris Stanley. <laughs> and we'll get back here and talk about roommates. If you got any stories to show, it's 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Right back after the jump. I'm not very good at uh, singing songs, but uh, here's, here's a try.
visited the relationships of the awesome machinery of nature. I believe our future depends powerfully on how well we understand this cosmos, in which we float like a boat of dust in the morning sky. But the brain does much more than just recollect. It intercompares, it synthesizes, analyzes, it generates abstractions. The simplest Like the concept of the number one has an elaborate logical underpinning. The brain has its own language for testing the structure and consistency of the world. A still more glorious dawn awaits, not a sunrise, but a galaxy rose. A morning filled with 400 billion suns, the rising of the Milky Way. The sky calls to us if we do not destroy ourselves. We will one day venture to the stars. For thousands of years, people have wondered about the universe. Did it stretch out forever, or was there a limit? From the Big Bang to black holes. Dark matter to a possible big crunch Our image of the universe today Is full of strange sounding ideas How lucky we are to live in this time The first moment in human history When we are, in fact, visiting other worlds A still more glorious dawn awaits Not a sunrise, but a galaxy rise A morning filled with 400 billion suns The rising of the Milky Way. A still more glorious dawn awaits. Not a sunrise, but a galaxy rise. A morning filled with 400 billion suns. The rising of the Milky Way. The surface of the Earth is the shore of the cosmic ocean. Recently, we've waded a little way up, and the water seems inviting. gonna beat me? The golf? <laughs> oh, you're on. You're in big trouble, though, pal. I eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. <laughs> you eat pieces of shit for breakfast? No. Ronald Fez Show. Uh, we canceled tomorrow's search, search, hurry up and search, as well as the big Seinfeld contest, eyebrows uh, being taken off. Also, no Sunday night Oscar party where we will be live with you. All thanks to Fez Watley, and I believe his dad is faking it. Now, obviously, uh, Fez has gone through a lot, so we're... Clearing some of this stuff off, but hopefully we'll get it back on in just a couple of weeks. That is the hopes and plans of the Rana Fest show. Uh, all right, I told Zito uh, that he could talk about his favorite thing ever, and that's roommates. I do love oh, roommates. Or as he calls them, lovers. 
Uh, Zeno, what is the story, first of all? There's a 31-year-old woman uh, in Florida who apparently bought some Girl Scout cookies, mm-hmm. and her roommate started eating them, and she got really pissed off because he's like, those are my Girl Scout cookies. And uh, so the roommate offered her $10 in return, like, I'm a sorry. And then the, the roommate stabbed her with scissors. All right. Didn't take the $10. First of all, I wanted to eat my cookies. I didn't want to eat 10 fucking dollars. So that wasn't the fun. Mm-hmm. I hate when people do that. When they act like, here, this takes care of it. No, thanks. And now, the important thing of whether or not it was justifiable stabbing, what type of cookies? They were Girl Scout Thin Mints. Yeah, no problem with me. Delicious. I'm on the side of the assailant. No way. Girl Scout cookies, not that good. And as we proved today, cookies are like the worst dessert. No one ever proved that. First no. of all, I thought all they all picked. I thought they picked everything over uh, over cookies. Cookies are delicious, and yeah. Girl Scout cookies are some of the. I would only take the Thin Mint Girl Scout cookies, and maybe an Oreo is the only store bought cookies that are as good as anything you can do homemade. Not the peanut butter patties. I like a peanut butter patty. Don't get me wrong, but uh, a Thin Mint is also delicious. And though I will admit, somewhat feminine. And see, even I, Hicks. Not just you, but a thin minute and somewhat feminine. It's thin, it's minty, that's girlish. <laughs> All right. Uh, what, thanks what, for that story, no, Maxito. No, but no, wait, wait, wait. Well, oh, got, wait, wait, wait. Don't gotta, take my mic away. I got more. Well, I, it just got me thinking about how much it sucks to live with people. It's the fucking worst. And wait, I, you hate your roommate? I, 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 I hate some of the things he does, yeah. Like, yeah. No. Not blowing you back? No. What's no. he doing wrong? No, well, like, no reach around? <laughs> no. What's the problem? It's just for example, here here's here's the newest issue. Every time I go out of town, he'll uh, he'll have like friends over and he'll let them sleep in my bed, even though I, I constantly so? say, Don't let people sleep in my bed. Any place to crash. It's my friggin' bed though, Hicks. Hicks, let's let's take it from his point of view. Okay. I guess you're a little scurvy about people laying in your bed. Yeah. And I'm sure they're not just laying there. I'm sure they're fucking. Probably, And yeah. farting and shitting mm-hmm. and whatever it's they're like fucking puking. Right. So, and you... Four or five years. So even if you don't have a good enough relationship that... Now, like, let's say this with me and Fez. If, if I said to Fez, don't let somebody do this, um, that would be it. Yeah, I would not... person's not going to do that. He would, he would never say, wait, that's not right or wrong... He would just be like, wait, m- whoever's coming in here, our relationship is more important. I'm not going to. So now he himself might lay down jerk off just to go, oh, Ronnie slept here. But the other part of it is I don't think he would let other people. You don't have a good relationship with your roommate. I don't know if it's that. It's, it's just that he could, he sees it completely differently than I do. His his argument is, well, uh, your your friends can sleep in my bed. I'm like, I don't, I don't give a shit about That's that. That's not an argument, though. That isn't a, a fucking argument. The argument is you ask for something, right? He can't give it to you. That means the relationship is over. Yeah, it's Particularly when it's something of yours. Disrespectful a little bit. I mean, would you let him go in your wallet when you weren't there? No. I don't think so. I think this is the same kind of issue. Mm-mm. A bed is kind of a personal place, and some people are naturally skeevy. Now, I'm not Hicks, is it? No. I don't care. I would, I would just I would fucking sleep in my roommate's beds. I let people sleep in my bed. I not You don't care. give a fuck. No, I don't care. I Whatever. would let anybody sleep in my bed but you. Because <laughs> oh, you've on. already said you don't shower. <laughs> well, you know, so I showered. No, I didn't shower last night, so fuck. When's the last time? Who was president? 
Why don't you do this? Why don't you try to move over and start taking baths, like a relaxing bath? Oh. You can smoke a joint in there, oh. and you can maybe, when you owe money, people can throw a fucking ferret in there with you. <laughs> was it a ferret? Did I have it right? I believe so. Was a nihilist through the... Yeah, but well, it wasn't a ferret, I don't think. A badger? No, well, how could it be a badger? <laughs> you made a gigantic leap. All right, so that's your tie-in? Yeah, I, well, it's just how much it sucks living with people, especially how much it would suck living with women. I don't Marmot. Marmot is what they said. They what do you mean? You, you, Marmot, thank you. You would hate living with women because they have vaginas? No, that's not why. I'd hate living with women because all throughout college, it always seemed like the girls had the worst roommate situations. Like, they'd write their name on every particular item of food. They'd write fucking passive-aggressive notes to each other. Okay, but guess what? You just described yourself as the same thing a girl does. The I don't write passive-aggressive notes. No, but if you don't want... No, you go on the fucking radio show and talk about the guy... But the fact that you don't want someone in your bed, other people feel like about their food. Like, it fucking skeeves them to think that they're sharing a mayonnaise jar with somebody they don't know. Yeah, the, I mean, the, the basketball players I lived with wrote their names on all their Gatorade, which, which, which there was many. There's like they filled the refrigerator full of Gatorade. So you, you would still even drink the Gatorade of black guys? Sometimes, Nothing yeah. fucking scared no. you? Well, those guys were the only people who actually stayed. It was me and these two fucking basketball players. The only ones, who, and it was thirteen people going in and out. Why are you using code words? Why? There's no code words. Why are you calling them this now? Basketball players? Like we don't know what you mean. They were on the SUNY Purchase basketball team. All right, but isn't that the same thing that you're saying that you know somebody has their some some kind of a fucking you know this is my personal space, so I can get that. Um, you know, I mean, I'm well open to sharing with chicks and friends, but when people are just roommates and nothing else oh. and you have that, then your food is your food. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're like, hey, we're buddies or you're my chick, let's go shopping together, then the food belongs to everyone. But if two people don't have any relationship other than the fact that they both need shelter and, and can't afford to go single, then I totally get put your name on your peanut butter fucking because you're really just sharing a pantry with someone. You're not exactly. fucking close. Well, I mean, in my situation and the situations I've seen, it were people that were friends and still insisted on, on doing those things. And with my roommate, like, we're definitely friends. Like, we share other stuff. It's just, I, I, would, I would probably let him sleep in my bed. I just don't want his fucking friends I've never met. But it's the same way. Would you want his friends to eat all your food? Probably not. All right, so you are the, doing the same shit. You, see, here's the thing. You're, with this guy, you're almost, and I know, don't take it the wrong way, like I'm sexualizing it, but you see you and him as a couple. And to, like, a couple can share stuff, but then when you're in a couple, you don't want all of her old friends from fucking college come and staying at the house. <laughs> She'd be cool with it, but you're like, dude, this is getting a little crazy. Yeah, so you've got a little ownership issue with him. Even like you're saying, yeah, he can sleep in, in my bed, particularly if I'm already in there, it's my Zito shorts. <laughs> See, that's what I'm thinking. Like you're, and you're like single white female right now, dude. Maybe that's the case. When but you got your last haircut, is that because... He got his last haircut? Oh. No. It's because I wanted to get a haircut, Ron. Um, and it was the same day and same style as him. Untrue. Lou and St. Pete. Hey, my heart bone, Ronnie. Ma. Oh, yeah, man. I, 
I have the biggest problem with, like, anybody in my bed or sitting on my toilet, and I'll clean it, and I'll clean this and that. But uh, I'm also a recovering alcoholic and addict, and I would take and do anything, you know? Right. That's but the it, fucking funniest thing, that you get scurvy about that, but then you'll be snorting rails off the back of a fucking toilet. It's the weirdest no, thing. No but, doubt. No but, doubt. Hicks, you don't care if somebody came in and used your toilet. No. But there are a lot of people like that. I would. Yeah, yeah I know that you would. Whatever. I know that you would. You, Piss you shit. fit into that thing, and yet you're okay with your roommate, right? Yeah, I have no problem with Absolutely, him. Absolutely, because mm. you and him have a understanding. You share things where you sleep, where you put your tongues in the food, oh. where you put your asses in the toilet, yeah. where you scrub your balls. You have more of a relationship with this guy than you consciously know. Now, when somebody else comes around, no, get away. Yeah, you get a little fucking freaky because you don't want anybody stealing time. I bet he's unaware of this, right? No, I I don't think I, you seem to kind of be sexualizing a little bit from what I can. I'm not even right. saying that. I'm just saying that they can hold on. Let's just suppose I had a partner, and we had a producer. That my partner became crazy possessive of, right? Yeah. No, the guy that he was possessive of didn't even know it. Didn't even know how fucking okay. weird it was. Yeah, it, it just totally, yeah. Well, I'm not possessive of my roommate. I'm possessive of my shit. But you're willing to share with him... Yeah, because that's our agreement. I get that. I'm just not willing to share with his friends. I'm willing to share with my friends. I'm willing to share with him. I'm not willing to share with his friends that I don't know. Those are freaking strangers to me. That come in and take his attention away. No. And there's take nothing you can do. Away. Yeah. Uh, Greg, you're on Ronnie Fez. Hey, Ronnie. Uh, I get this buddy. He lives with this hot chick. He's like, when she was out one night, he's like, you can crash in her room. I'm like, dude, I can't crash in her room. I'm going through her underwear draw, no doubt about it. Like, I couldn't even do it. I knew, I knew how much of a creep I am. Now, here's the weird like thing about Zito. He said he couldn't even live with a chick. Why? They're too weird. They're not like us. No, and also, I, it, I, like, mm -hmm. I couldn't platonically live with a girl. It, like, I could live with a girl if we were in a relationship. I couldn't do it like, oh, we're just going to be roommates. I'm not mature enough for that. Well, mature enough. You're not mature enough for a vagina. I want to fuck them. What, I, it'd be weird. What well, is, it would be weird. So you want to fuck them. That's a big deal. Yeah, but that, I feel like that's, that's going against, if she's like not into it, now you're it forced into living with this person. You're acting like, this, like you become a rapist. If no, no, no. I just feel like I, would, like I feel like it would just cause problems because you know, everyone gets drunk and things are said. I feel like this would be a problem. But oh, you already want to fuck the male roommate that you have now. I would never said and that. that. I don't and he's fuck willing anyone. to live with it and let you see him. He'll leave the door open if he's taking a piss. That's, yeah, look at just it. do whatever you need. That's here. Now, out. you come off a little bit. I'm not busting your balls here, but like a little anti-woman, and this is another case of they're only good for one thing. A fuck sleeve. Yeah, a sex hole. I'm, that's fine. I think I'm being more honest than most. A cum bucket. Well, you're being honest with me. You're not going to be honest with them. I would tell a girl, like, we when we moved to the city, we were looking for roommates, uh, my roommate and I. And almost would talk to some girls, and both of us yeah. were like, "I don't want to live with a girl." It's I don't think there's anything. Gay I'm about sure that. you and your roommate never wanted to have girls around. No. Let's keep this as a cock palace. <laughs> palace of dicks. I like having girls yes. over. I don't like. It's living a with palace them. made of and for dicks. Keeps all that pussy out. Um. Let's go over, Maddie. Maddie, you're on my fence. 
Turn, turn your radio down, Maddie. Hi, I'm Gabe. Tell the guy to turn his radio down. You had such a good show today. You explained about flamenco uh, dancers. It was nice, didn't you, Mister Jones? Pass me a bottle. <laughs> uh, that's the only part of that song I remember that he says flamenco dancers. And another point, he says he wants to be Dylan, which I that was find weird. really weird. Yeah, it was very embarrassing. <laughs> uh, Daniel Manifest. Hey, Mark Zito, card holder number one, boys. You call every time Zito's on the air? Uh, not every time, but it seems like uh, he always uh, has a topic that I have a little bit to contribute with. Ronnie B., I got to tell you, and Mark Zito, living with a girl is always a good thing. Uh, I've lived with two. They both cleaned the house, and I ended up fucking both of them. So it seems to be a pretty good pattern for me. That's the last thing Zito wants. He keeps the house as tidy as he wants to, and he doesn't like to get his penis wet. George, you're on running Fez. Hey, is it only just me? But this guy's exactly Fez. He's just young Fez. He's going to turn into Fez someday. Um, I will tell you this because I knew young Fez, and the things that he says are very much like Fez at that age. Wow. And then Fez would get more and more particular about it as, you know, time, as goes time goes on. But Fez used to have a buddy roommate that we worked with and would be distraught that, you know, the guys from the show would come over and hang out or take him away. Oh. Or chicks would be over yeah. using the bedroom, using the toilet. That's that's <laughs> the, 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 the attention from the roommate, not the problem. It's very weird, and I think that's why you and Fez fight so bad, is A, you see your future, and B, he looks at you and sees everything that he couldn't stop. Wow. That's some deep shit. That's fucking heavy, isn't it? That is some fucking crazy shit. So it's just like a cycle? Uh, a unicycle, two fucking the same. The straight line of weirdness. It's <laughs> <laughs> <is> so funny. <laughs> Um, Mark, you're on Fez. Yeah, I was just calling to talk about the four female roommates I had in college. They were the worst, biggest slobs I ever lived with. I think that there are there is something to the fact that college girls can be very slobs, but they won't stay that way. Then they also break into their nesting age. Yeah, they get together eventually. Um, you like a tidy apartment, right, Zito? Uh, theoretically, yes, but my apartment's a fucking mess all the time. I'm a huge slob. God, you remind me of Fez. <laughs> so weird. Isn't I love it? Batman too. Oh, come on. This, yeah, this is fucking very weird. I'm telling you, sit in this room. I don't know what it is about this black wallpaper. It has made the room. It's taken four feet of air out of us. Yeah. And it just feels like we're sitting in a garage now. I don't like it. Seriously, being in this corner surrounded by fucking black walls is very strange. You really it, do blend into the wall. Well, it also, it just makes the whole place feel smaller. Yeah. It's kind of tackier. <laughs> How come they couldn't have got the names up without the black fucking wallpaper? I don't know. Black's badass. I don't know. Yeah, it's a virus. It's dark. It's, it's the Open Anthony show. It's also what? the radio, so you yeah. don't have to... Yeah, you don't have... It doesn't have anything to fucking do with that. I've got a shoe video in here. It's all about new media. 
Get those things oh, out. Are you busting balls on 018? That's where no. it sounds like oh, it's fucking oh, coming no. from. No, 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 no. No, it's coming off that way a little bit. Oh. Like, oh, it's the virus. It's got to be bad. Well, oh, got to shoot that's, the video. Be badass. That's why they hey, did Hey, Greg, it. you're in front of Fez. Ron, you know you said that uh, Zito was a lot like Fez. I was just going to tell Zito not to tell his dad that he's got a secret. They don't want to give him a heart attack. I don't think my dad I will tell you this. Shit. The heart attack is... I think the least of the problems today. Oh, boy. I'm not even going to go into it all. Yeah. Oh, God, this has been a nightmare, though. We got a break before the end of the show, Hicks? Yeah, we have one right. more break. Let's yeah. uh, break it here. Uh, back as we wrap up the show. Let's run a fest. Steve called me up and said, want to hang out tonight. We could see an indie film. said, oh, Steve, you're cute, but a movie's not what I need. No offense, but I'd rather stay home and read. Fuck me, Ray Bradbury, the greatest separator in history. Oh, fuck me, Ray Bradbury. Since I was 12, I've been and dandelion wine and we'll read a little Fahrenheit 69 You're a prolific author, Ray Bradbury Come on, baby I'm down on one knee I carved our names on a Halloween tree You write about earthlings going to Mars and I write about blowing you in my car You won an Emmy Award for the screenplay adaptation of Halloween Tree Scottish can't fight, though. You got to give them up. They're always ready to fight. Hell yeah. It is the Ron Fez Show. Although, no Fez, I guess, not even been here all week, right? Nope. 
No, it was a short week to begin with. It's Thursday already. No Fezzy. Uh, and I can't imagine he'll be here tomorrow. No. I don't think so. I guess anything could come up, but uh, I don't think that is the uh, plans. Uh, we did cancel the stuff that we had planned for tomorrow. I'm sorry, but you can't imagine how we're going to make it up even better to you. Mm-hmm. And we're saying to that to you like we're your bad boyfriends. <laughs> like, I know that you think that this, this didn't work out, but it's going to even be better. Don't trust me. You, it's going to be like diamonds and like a great, like, perfect date. Yeah. Like a surprise perfect date. Not going to hit you. Nobody's ever hitting you again. No, because never. Because you loved. And this is all worked out for the best. I'm even going to, you know, slow down the drinking, too. So. Do you, do you apologize to women, uh, Hicks? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I apologize. Yeah, I got no problem far. with it either. <laughs> I got no problem telling them what they want to hear. Uh, you know, Hicks, emails. We do get emails. And now, Ron and Fez, the show of the future, brings you... Electronic mail. Mail sent electronically. It says... Do you ever... Just stand on street corners and listen to people's conversations. Cell phone or factual. Further, if they're having an interesting conversation, do you ever hang near them for a while to see it out? Is this something people do? I mean, besides private detectives and stalkers. Um, and I'll open this up to the audience, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. And it's basically, do you ever listen to other people's conversations for fun? Uh, yeah, I'll leave, uh, not so much on the street, but on the train. I'll always the train is almost impossible. Yeah, but I'll, I'll listen intently. Like, what are they saying? Like, I, but like with people I know, I wouldn't do it. But with strangers on the train, all the time, I'll listen to fucking. I'll I'll fucking listen to their chit chat. See, I'm out on the street a lot, having a little smoke for myself, standing out front, and people will walk by, and like you'll hear them fighting with their chick on their phone. Yeah. Or more likely, it's the chick fighting with the guy on the phone. <laughs> you won't see a guy screaming as much on the street as you do a a chick. And you can get up and hear some very sensitive material mm-hmm. that they'll be like, you fucked me in the ass, and now you act like it's done? And I'm like, well, Jesus Christ. Damn. This is suddenly taking an interesting fucking turn. Juicy, all right. So I'll go out of my way to say this. I don't go looking for it, but if it pops up, I am going to be part of it. Mike in D.C., do you listen? Oh, absolutely. There's nothing better on a summer afternoon to sit outside of a restaurant on the patio and have a beer and just watch the people walk by and just hear the five to ten second conversations. It's, it's freaking wonderful, man. It's not a lot that you can can do but that. Mike, you're on Run Fez. Hey, what's up, Ron? Um, I have a funny one that I heard walking in the mall. I don't really like to listen to long conversations. That guy sounds like kind of a creepy email. But um, I was walking in the mall. I, saw, I see this dude talking on his cell phone. His buddy's walking next to him. And just as I get, like, within range, he hung up, hang up, and um, he goes, dude, she wants us over at 730. And the other guy goes, all right, man, shoddy anus, and just slaps him a high five. It was the most <laughs> terrible thing So, ever. yeah, that's, that becomes important. <laughs> uh, Craig, you're on running Fez. Yeah, I've got a uh, restaurant with my friends. We won't even talk to each other. We'll just sit there and listen to the table next to us. Um, sometimes I'll do that, but there is, and I've actually said to my chick, wait. 
I'm listening over here. Yeah. But there is also the the weird thing that goes on in New York is that because you're eating a lot next to famous people, and for some reason I've noticed, we will start to speak louder as if to say <laughs> we don't care that there's famous people. Yeah. We have our own interests. So you'll be like, um, yeah, did you take care of that thing, that thing that you need to take care of? Oh, yeah, that thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's done. Obviously. So we're important. So I don't give a shit that Mick Jagger's fucking right behind me right now. Um, Alan, you're on a fizz. Turn your radio down. I'm just going to let you go. Here's our friend, Holly, you're on a fizz. Hey, Moran, how are you doing? Hey. We were just down at the beach this past weekend. It was a gorgeous day. We're laying out down on Treasure Island, and these people were talking, and I, you would have thought they were marriage counseling. She's talking about, well, you drink because it, it makes you feel better, and I eat to make me feel better. And then they kept talking about somebody named Gator, and we couldn't figure out if their son's name was Gator or if he was trying to play for the Gators. Every third person in Florida's name is Gator. But it was the most fun thing because we were sitting there trying to relax, and we could not even talk to each other because we were too engrossed in trying to figure out these people's lives. Uh, Let's go over here to uh, Hagen, your Memphis. Hey, guys. Uh, so I definitely agree. I mean, I eavesdrop all the time, but when I'm out sometimes with my chick to dinner or something and we're talking about something serious, I'm like, shh, be, be quiet, be quiet. And I've my done chick's it. Like, dude, dude, what are you talking about? My chick doesn't believe me. I'm like, people can hear you, you know? Yeah, well, here, uh, again, from New York, you don't care if anybody hears you. You're like, fuck them. There's too many people around. <laughs> Act like we can stop yeah. it. So we're just like, just say it. It's all between all of us anyway. Yeah. Chris, you're in Fez. Hey, guys. Yeah, I just wanted to say, uh, elaborate on the last guy's point. I do anything I can to avoid people hearing our conversation. I thought Pepper had a good point. You'll be sitting there with your best friend, and you don't give a shit what he's saying, but you hear a stranger talking, you're all ears. I've done it. I don't know why it is. Uh, Hicks is 100% right there. They are more interesting. And it's kind of like reality TV for a second. (laughs) And everybody is kind of crazy. Oh. When you see uh, what they look like. Uh, J.R., you're on Fuzz. Hey, Ronnie B., we like to flip it and, and, and make it some type of senator's, sinister situation to induce people to listen to us. Like, hey, if we, uh, if we take him out in the woods far enough, they'll, they'll never know that we, that we uh, killed him and buried the body out here. Yeah, that kind of shit can get you fucking arrested forever. <laughs> that happens to people. Um, Rick, you're on Fuzz. Yeah, hi. If uh, we kind of do the opposite thing, if we notice that, uh, like my friends and I notice that someone's listening intently to our conversation, uh, we'll start making the conversation as outrageous as possible. And yeah, everyone does that when they're a little kid. When they do that, oh, I wish I had my other sneakers. They're made out of diamonds. It's just stupid. We're talking about literally en- enjoying hearing other people talk. I can't get enough of it. It's really enjoyable. I wish I could Wikipedia their asses and see the background. <laughs> see what they've done to get here. I guess I have a Facebook or something I can right. go to. Um, Troy, you're on a Fez. Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. Yeah. I, was, I run um, a good bit. I was running a half marathon by myself. Nobody to talk to. The, the conversations were the only thing. Eavesdropping on other people is the only thing that got me through it. Yeah. Listen to one lady complain about being some guy claiming she had fake boobs. I mean, I slowed down. Right. So I could stay in this conversation until it got to its end point. I have done the same thing. I've sped up and slowed down when I'm walking along the street uh-huh. to hear people. 
Uh, and uh, we live, uh, we work here in Midtown. And there are so many people that they're on their way to a meeting. And two guys are just like, this is it, dude. We're going to drop this shit today. Who's the man? You're the man. And I'm like, you fuckers ain't going to sell shit. <laughs> Outside this building, that yeah. shit happens all the time. Yeah, just constantly. <laughs> just like, if this fucking comes through, there is no stopping us. We're the dudes. We're the dudes. Look at me, man. Look at me. Who the fucking guys who believe? You and me. You and me are believers. And you're just like, you're fucking smoking. You're like, you motherfuckers oh, ain't selling shit. Disaster coming. Yeah, of course it is. Because two fucking confident guys don't have to talk each other up. No. Start fucking singing along. We are going to make it happen money-wise. Marty, you're on Fez. Uh, hey, buddy. Uh, you ever have someone call you uh, Pocket Dahlia by action on their cell phone? You could hear their conversation. Yeah, but never yeah, enough. When no. the pants call, you just get a lot of shit in the background. And Bustling. you're hoping to hear someone like, yes, so fucking glad we're cheating on that idiot. I'm so fucking <laughs> glad you put your ass into my face. And you're like, aha, but it never happens. Got you just hear all. The funniest thing is I heard a friend of mine singing along poorly with a fucking Spanish radio station. <laughs> that was fucking classic. Um, let's go over to uh, Billy. Billy, you're on yeah, Ronnie, uh, I think the, the thing is that everybody enjoys this so much, and that's really the root of the reason why we get so annoyed when people are speaking foreign languages, is that we can't understand what they're saying. We want to eavesdrop, but we can't. Oh, no, you know, here's the, the weird thing, because we have a lot of foreigners here in New York, and I eat French restaurants or Italian restaurants, and all their conversations sound beautiful. I don't know what they're... Uh, American people are like, yeah, we better get the dog spaded. But when you hear people talking French to each other, you just imagine they're talking about art or culture or something important. But they're probably saying the French version of, yeah, we gotta get our dog spaded. Sucks. Um, let's go over to Doug. Doug, you're on first. Once, twice... Three times, you lady. Uh, Brad, you're on Fez. Hey, Ronnie. Uh, I was just say, uh, everywhere I go, someone pulls out their phone, and you can always read their text messages. I do that all the fucking time. Read people's text messaging when they're right in front of you. I would never do that. I, I honestly think that that's going too far. Yeah, I just look away. I mean, come on. What the fuck? The text message is not for you. Look away. Yeah, it is. It's like fucking opening up something that doesn't belong to you. Mm -mm. Where if they're talking, it feels like we're part of it. Yeah. But I, I would never even walk past like somebody's computer screen and start to read. No, that's that's dicey. I don't know why. It just seems like, well, that's your USA Today. <laughs> um, Ryan, you're on my Fez. Hey, Ryan, what's going on? Hey. Uh, back in the day, when cordless phones first came out, and you could pick up your neighbor's conversation every now and then, that was the shit. It really was, wasn't it? There was a weird thing. And I remember, you know, those things that you would have that you could hear the kids crying like in the crib? Yeah. We could hear our fucking neighbors' cell phones on that. Oh, sick. The early days. And we heard neighbors having a fucking terrible fight back and forth with each other. <laughs> Literally, she was saying, I will cut all your fucking clothes up and throw them into the street. Oh, my God. And in the middle of the conversation... When she was screaming at him, he took the phone and farted into it. And we're like, oh, these fuckers are nuts. Nuts. 
I heard that same woman fucking badmouth in my morning show to someone saying, uh, and then later asked me for fucking Stones tickets. Holy same shit. Same fucking broad. She was fucking crazy. I don't know what it is about the suburbs, but I think people cross lines there. They want to be like, hey, the Rolling Stones are coming to town. Tickets? I'm like, you don't fucking understand it's the Rolling Stones, yeah. right? It's like if you come over here and go like this. Do you have any extra gold or diamonds around here anywhere? Yeah. Is there a side of beef I could take back to my house? It's just a brick of gold. Um, Jen, you're on running first. Hey, boys. Uh, the last call was talking about the cordless phones back in the day. I could do that with my neighbor. She was up on the hill, and I could hear her conversation. And the one guy she kept talking to, he worked at the local liquor store. And he was a player. He was all you know, about women and everything. And he was on there Oh, honey, just tell me, all I want to do is lay my eyes on you, honey. That's all I want to do. And I was like, you are such a pud. Mm. Jen, you're running Fez. Uh, yeah, there's actually a site called overheardinnewyork.com. I and remember that. Yeah, where everyone posts everything you're talking about, and it's absolutely hilarious. And they got, like, overheard in the beach, overheard everywhere, and it's like a whole network of eavesdropping. I bet nothing comes up with, like, overheard in New York, though, right? I mean, that's a fucking nutty one. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. And you're right, Hicks. The trains alone are better than most movies you'll go see. <laughs> All right. Oh, look, we got loaded phones. So we should have went to this one earlier. I don't know why we got into the Thin Mint stabbing story. Look at the phones now. On fire. Hmm. Phone explosion. Sketch as catch can. Let's grab it when you can. I appreciate everybody. You guys were excellent today. Good callers. Give yourselves a hand. Everybody, give yourselves a hand. We're going to get them tomorrow. We're going to make it even better. Um, Hicks, tonight, I want you watching Jersey Shore. Oh, well. Uh, is Sammy coming back or not? I'm going to say yes. Yeah. She comes back to her man, Ronnie. Because those two belong together. He misses her. She misses him. I know. He's not, even, he's not the same at the club anymore. I don't even. You know what? I don't even want to drink. I had something <laughs> pure and precious. And I blew it. What did you blow up, Ronnie, when you took all of her shit and smashed it into the ground like it was nothing? Is that what you're saying? Uh, and I hope they stay out of the shit jokes this week. There's too much shit stuff. Uh, they're going to go right back to it. Mm. Poop, there it is. And then uh, we'll be down to Final 24 on Idol, and we're all like girls. We're all like girls. Oh, there's something... I wanted to say to each and every one of you. Uh, that's the uh, Dubai show. Dog. Oh,